Welcome to Lorehammer, Episode 11, Tau, The Greater Good. Hello, and welcome back to Lorehammer. My name is Eric. This is Jordan. Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> whoa. Did you just what? bump me from second host to third host? Mark, you're, you've lost your place. <laughs> Good sir, what did I do to offend you? Everything. Oh. Yeah, oh. I didn't expect that one. Well, I'm just trying to change it up, you oh, know. Yeah. <laughs> like, Jordan, you have a very... You're you're at my side here. Oh, it has nothing to do with the fact that he's easily accessible for my touches. Uh, okay. Well, all right. You know what? Let's just. My name is Eric. I don't like this order okay. anymore. Well, I'm, I, I who do you I, want I, me to introduce first? Screw it. Guest first. Okay, fine. Be be courteous. Right. Of course. They're the honorable person. Okay. Uh, welcome back, Rio. Thank you. Yeah, it's good. It's good to be back. Of course it is. Why wouldn't it be? Because you're always fondling everyone's legs. It's awkward. They like it. That's the number one piece of feedback I get from people. They're like, I really felt connected when you sensually touched my leg. Rio's knows his is coming. Yeah, yeah you do know. some like ASMR. And... I'll yeah. just start chewing into the mic. Yeah, Mark, different different strokes for different folks, yeah. as I always say. Yeah, because Jordan likes it up and down. Mm-hmm. You like it side to no, side. No, I don't like Rio it. Rio likes circular uh, motion. I know all your different strokes. Why don't you focus on your own body? For I'm a just bit. trying to keep everyone. In the greater good. Mm. <laughs> Together for the greater good, guys. Yes. Uh, which, coincidentally, <laughs> is our topic for the day. Wow. Uh, before we get started, though, uh, let's talk about a couple things. A, Rio, last time you were in, we asked you a couple questions. Just kind of like, I don't know, hear your voice. Get uh, to know him. Yeah, exactly. Through those four questions, you're able to delve right into Rio's identity as a mm-hmm, person, mm-hmm. <laughs> really understand who he is on a deeper level. Uh, it, hmm. Were our <laughs> questions that good, or is he just that, like, shallow? shallow? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I think the questions were really good. Let's not... <laughs> Mark, that, that would be rude. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, now we only have one question for you today, Rio. Um, it's, why haven't we started a 40k RPG yet? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why? Why are you asking me? Because you said you would join us. Yeah, I'd join you. I wouldn't. I'm not starting it. I've been sitting in my garage waiting. for the past three weeks, just waiting for people to come into my garage <laughs> and play a 40k RPG with me. Nobody showed up. Mark, you have to tell people you're there. Where else would I be? <laughs> in my house with the wife. Fair enough. <laughs> why? Wait. Why haven't we started one though? I don't know. Um, I don't know. I think we just haven't really settled on a GM. That's probably the number one thing. We have the people. Yeah. We definitely have the people. Yeah. It's just choosing someone for the players to rip apart. That's all it is. <laughs> I saw this one funny funny picture, and it was, um, uh, it was like, I keep trying to make, the caption was, I keep trying to make uh, fun and interesting and, like, powerful evil characters for my... Um, <clears throat> my players to fight against this is like from yeah. a GM's perspective yeah and then the bottom picture was 
um, but they'll never be as destructive as themselves. <laughs> like they are their own worst enemy, yeah. which is oh, so true. Yeah. No one can make as devastating choices as you can. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Same goes for real life. Absolutely. Much, yeah. As much as I would like to destroy you, Jordan, no one is as good as that as you are. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's sad. And with that truth bomb, good night. <laughs> um, no. Well, uh, since our um, episode nine, that was the one where we had our little contest that we put out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we actually had a, a response back within hours of release. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It was pretty quick. It was. It, it was cool. Though. Our devoted fans. I know. Right? <laughs> I really think that, that uh, the gift card was an incentive. <laughs> it was like, well, screw it. I can win this. What? They did it for money? <laughs> <laughs> I thought yeah. they did it purely for passion. <laughs> No, okay. no one is as destructive as themselves. <laughs> <Yeah>. It's greed. <laughs> it's the only reason people are willing to participate with us. Yeah. Uh, but it was uh, Lee Marrow who won. Congratulations. Yeah. It was the first. It w- he was the first guy. Good job, wasn't Lee. He? Yeah. He, he was the first one to, to respond to us, and he was right. Yeah. And then we had a we couple got a more. yeah a couple other ones. That yeah. Were mm. not correct, and I was disappointed in their knowledge. <laughs> I had no idea what it's them. Yeah, I had no idea. But it's okay because Mark is going to explain what it is. Um, so it's a Space Marine Librarian rank called the Epistolary, and there's different ranks in the Librarium. There's like Codicier, uh, Lexicanum, and then Epistolary, and then Chief Librarian. Um, but yeah, it's just like the symbol of rank and librarians and space marine chapters are like the main thing is they're psychers, but the other thing is they're like guardians of like the chapter's lore and you know, they run the librarium, which is a library essentially of knowledge. So that's kind of why we chose that symbol. Yeah, cuz like they're responsible for like chronicling the chapter and Yeah. So that's what we're doing. Yeah, the entire universe. Yeah, and knowledge uh, drop. Uh, <laughs> if anyone ever wants to like verify it, they, if you look at like any uh, Space Marine librarian on their tabard, they will have like their rank on it. So a lot of the more powerful ones will have the symbol on it. So yeah, it's just like one of those. So that's basically free advertising for a podcast. Is kind of how <laughs> right. Every time you see a librarian, think of Lorehammer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, I like. I just there's so many things that like I see a model and I just assume it's part of the pageantry. Or just part of the decoration, but it actually has like a meaning yeah. behind it that I just don't know. <laughs> Which is whatever. Uh, at some point, <laughs> I'll learn it all, or I won't. Who Probably cares? not. <laughs> you can always just ask Mark. Right, exactly. Um. <laughs> That's just take a picture of it and be like, Mark, what's this? I find though, um, the more I'm more I'm doing it, like, and the more uh, Games Workshop advances the plot. The more I'm like, oh yeah, this is what happens, and then like we go read Let's Academy, it's like, oh, they drastically changed that. Like, well, I think it's probably because you you would have read the Lexicanum a long time ago. Oh yeah, like or like I haven't bought like codexes since like fourth and fifth edition. Right, and um, and things change pretty drastically. Yeah, so. But, so if you never bother reading the code, or yeah. you read the old ones, yeah, yeah, and, and then never read the new and, updated yeah. versions or whatever, but there's often quite quite a lot of mistakes where I'm like, oh. Yeah, that was <laughs> well because they are willing to change the lore. So, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, uh, an update on our picture contest. Number one, uh, haven't received any submissions, 
slightly disappointed in you guys if you all could step up to the plate. <laughs> I've been be told, nice. though, that it takes a long time to make a simple picture. You know what? I'm not a computer guy. Like, it I'm doesn't not. even have to be on the computer. Can't you just draw a cool picture and then... I take a picture of it with your phone? <laughs> <laughs> like, honestly, like, I don't know. Like, Mark, if it was that easy, why are you doing it? Because I can't draw. Well, neither can I. Yeah. Well, that's why we're not Nor doing it. But, like, yeah, I don't know. I can Get draw. on it, people. I want a new logo. Yeah. And by what Mark meant to say is we uh, implore the public. Demand. Or demand. Right? I don't know you guess. Um, but yeah, send your submission to us. We did. I did add a due date of January 1st Yeah, on there. And uh, if you're looking for like ideas or like kind of wanting to kind of feel like what we want, um, one of the ideas we were throwing around, which would be cool, is if you got like an old faded looking book and wrote Lorehammer on the cover and made it look like, like an old weathered book. And then you put it on like a stone floor in the back and it's just like, <laughs> just like gothic looking like an old book on a floor like that's tattered and maybe a corner's burnt up or whatever can we can we turn it into like uh, a gif where the book like opens up and then there's pictures of us <laughs> on the inside i was th- i was thinking that like uh we would write all our episode notes into the book and then eventually give it away at some point if we like that'd be kind of cool actually. that could be kind of cool. right if we ended up going that route and actually buying a book and this is this. the first i'm hearing of this well, I don't tell you everything as soon as I see you. That's not true. <laughs> no, unless it involves Crute, I don't tell you everything I, as soon as I see He's you. He's a bird mark. I'm a Crute guy now. Yeah, Mark's, Screw Lord of the Rings, I'm a Crute guy. <laughs> Mark has, in the past couple weeks, really turned up the heat on his Crute. Well, yeah, I've always liked Crute, and ever since like uh, our conversation with Rio last time about RPG, yeah. and then like, oh yeah, I'd definitely be a Crute in it, and I'm like, ooh, Crute. And then, yeah, you look at one picture, and then four hours goes by, and you're you know. And you've bought a box set. Yeah, you, <laughs> a box set and you don't even know what happened in those four hours. You just know there's now crute in your hands. Yeah. I'm like, well, that's odd. How did that get there? The wife starts going, uh, Mark? And you're like, it's, it wasn't me. I don't... It couldn't have been me. Yeah. I've been here the whole time. I slowly close the door. <laughs> box delivery for Mark. <laughs> Pretty soon Amazon is just going to start like you buy something from a store and they'll just deliver it to your door you won't even have to leave the garage you'll Perfect. just get warhammer delivered to you Ooh. drones will just come drop off your- yes. oh no but the i want drones boxes. are sweet i want human contact though <laughs> they please come in and they play don't with me contact you. <laughs> i got all things that are good in here all warhammer that is good <laughs> um okay a quick change to or not a change just an adding to our eldar episode yeah well when i was listening to it i forget exactly i think it was like when we were talking about the eldar fleeing the galaxy Mm -hmm. and like oh that's not feasible like you know the time and stuff but like eldar are immortal and there's a couple times in the episode where like it made it almost sound like we were saying they weren't immortal, but Eldar are essentially immortal beings. Yeah, like age doesn't touch them. Yeah, so like to travel the galaxy, they're immortal. Their ships are like, you know, they self-sufficient. Can, self-sufficient. So like they could do it. So yeah, that's all. Um, yeah. The distinction being that the Dark Eldar are kind of not immortal. Yeah, just because they have the whole soul-sucking soul of slanish happening. That's a lot of S's. I know. <laughs> the soul-sucking of slanish. Say it five times fast now. <laughs> I don't want to. No, don't even try. <laughs> I don't want to embarrass myself like that. And then, 
I guess the only other thing before we jump into our main topic is... Uh-oh, this is off script. I know. Can you guess what it's going to be? I have no idea. <laughs> I can't even be kidding. Are you nervous? I'm a little nervous. <laughs> no, just a shout it could, out. It could be a couple things. No, just a shout out to uh, a guy I met. <laughs> uh, Jason James or James Jason. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, we were talking on like our Lorehammer like, page or whatever. And uh, it was just me and him talking. And then every time I'd see Eric, he'd jump into like our conversation to me in like real life and be like, haha, that was funny what you guys said. You guys are best friends now. Okay, <laughs> you're like, making it sound like I'm a creep. But... No, you are creeping. You were creeping mine in his personal conversations, reading it without it's our permission. It's not personal when you put it on the Lorehammer page. <laughs> yeah, if you're talking to them, like we all have access to that page. How, like, what do you think? I, like, I literally get buzzes at so, two or three yeah, in the morning. I'm, I'm that's getting that's all like, those. oh, Margie's response back and I'm like what the hell are they talking about now like yeah. it's three in the morning so what are you saying I should just give out my personal phone number to everybody yes, I, think, I think Eric's just a little bit jealous I, I think, think so too I'm not jealous I'm just scared that I'm being supplanted you're just protective <laughs> I Mark just is a protective. fragile person <laughs> the world out there will ravage him <laughs> yeah. he actually seems like a pretty cool guy yeah he's a cool guy um, he gave me a tip too um, what's that he told me to uh, how to degloss stuff. Oh, uh, degloss a model because I just painted a crew and he was super shiny and I hated it. And he told me how to degloss it. Good guy over here. <laughs> like, sure, I could have just googled it and yeah. would have got the exact same answer. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. you know, it's the thought. It's different when it comes from someone who, because you know, they who, who deeply cares about right, my exactly. emotional <laughs> and my model's well-being. Well, at least you've met one person <laughs> who does that. Yeah, That's I care true. about your your well-being. Your models, on the other hand. Not so much, eh? No. Is that why you're always kill, trying to kill them in 40k? Absolutely. Like, I, the, the whole purpose of it is me trying to kill hate them. Hate crimes. <laughs> it's not a hate crime, it's just genocide. <laughs> oh, that's okay. Yeah. Remember when we were playing a tabletop game one time um, with somebody, and he just, I think he was super upset, and he took his fist, oh, yes. and he just destroyed, like, <laughs> a squad of models. Like, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Micah? That's what we're <laughs> yeah, talking about? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, he slammed his hand <laughs> on the table and destroyed the model that Mark had made for him. Yeah, the, the worst part about it, too, is uh, it wasn't like it was a space marine where it's like, you know what? I have a thousand shoulder pads. No big deal. Sure, like sure. I can glue that arm back on. He broke uh, Eldar Howling Banshees, which are Citadel fine cast, so they're super fragile to begin with. You can't fix them, and they were shattered. Like, <laughs> yeah, they were they were obliterated. <laughs> yeah, like, like I love seeing his face right after he had done it. Yeah, because it, it was it was not like he intentionally smashed the models. So let's make he that just clear. He put his fist down. Yeah, he was upset. He put his fist down. Or, yeah. You know, just being dramatic, but. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, he, like, looked up. Oh. So that was a hate crime. Yes. No, absolutely. Like, you think you can just indiscriminately destroy these plastic models? <clears throat> uh, now we're going to talk about the race that is the least hateful uh-huh. in all the galaxy. I thought we've already done humanity a bunch of times. <laughs> oh, my goodness. No? Aren't, they, aren't they the most? <laughs> the most prejudiced? Yeah. I, I think they are, uh, they, they definitely are. You now, know, I, now I, make I, note I, of that. I, I want to disagree with, with uh, your okay. analysis. I think the Tyranids are the least hateful. That's true. They're just hungry. Yeah, like, they, they're not motivated by, like, any sort of... Uh, dreams of like racial dominance they're just yeah totally totally driven by instinct yeah and it's not like they go to a planet and enslave all the people (laughs) and torture them and stuff they're just eating the planet 
Maybe not hateful. Okay. Which is why they should rule the galaxy. <laughs> and at some point, they're gonna. Yeah, yeah. If anything, uh. the only... the I, I can see the Necron standing up. Because, the like, do, do the Tyranids kill something if it has no potential biomass? Like, would um. they fight? Would they, con- like, conceivably wage war on the Necron? Like, directly, no. But, like, the Nids want... The, the biomass on the planet that the Necron are on. Yeah. And if the Necron get in the way, they're going to fight the Necron to get so, the biomass. So it's not like they're like actively fighting the Necron. It's gotcha. just the Necron have to, happen to be in their way. Yeah, but like, if if the Necron try to leave the planet, yeah. do you think the Nids would like go out of their way to stop them? No, I don't think they would. But they would stop like humans or something else because yeah, yeah. they want that. Yeah. But like, so living metal, I wonder if that has any oh. type of... Like, probably not, because it's probably all, like, nanobites or whatever. Na- um, nanobites? Is that what they yeah, no, What are they called? It, it, yeah. yeah, nanobites. Yeah. Isn't it like a... Is it called the... Ne- nanobots, not bites. Yeah, nanobots. Necrodermis or something? Living metal necrodermis. Yeah, so who knows? Maybe that does have a... a Some partly, kind of living organism in it. Yeah, that, partly that, organic. That sounds difficult to digest. <laughs> It does. Not, not when you hear how the nids actually digest stuff. <laughs> okay. It's disgustingly cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, in our Tyranid episode, maybe. Yeah, yeah that's we'll in uh, that's in two episodes from now. Yeah, I oh. think two. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah, because we're doing this one and then we're doing uh Necron. Yeah. And then Tyranid. Yeah. So the next two episodes, like, I'm actually pretty stoked for. Because they're yeah, pretty should be sweet. Good. Should be good. But back to the matter of (laughs) rabbit trails, right (laughs) upon rabbit trails. Um, Let's dive right in to Tau. Oh, boy. Tau. uh, I guess let's talk about first contact. Yeah. um, So they were first contacted by the Imperium. Like this isn't when they're first made. This is just the first known history of them. So they could have been around for billions of years to Tau. But this is the first known contact by the Imperium. And it was an M35, like late M35, I think like 700. Yeah, M35, 790 something. Whatever. And uh, it was just like a Mechanicum Explorer ship, I believe, that landed on the planet, on Tau planet. Planet's called Tau. Yep. Yeah. It's like having a planet called Humanity. Human. <laughs> Human. You know, it's kind of. But yeah, so the planet's called Tau. They land on that planet and they see basically just like simple uh, cave plains dwellers like there's nothing notable about them at all yeah, like, they're just nomad they, tribes yeah like they they're not organized they don't have weapons well they'd have like basic spears like stone spears and stuff but like there's nothing of note about them so the mechanicum log it and they uh return back to a forge world i'd assume no i think they it's i think they were gonna actually yes. wipe them out yeah yeah, but, like, it's whether or not, like, that ship actually had the capability to do it, or if they're just, like, they log the planet as, like, they mark it, right? And, like, okay, yeah. now oh, a, real, it, I, a real expeditionary force is going to come. I think it was and, a warp storm, actually, that prevented it. Well, it was yeah. at the yeah. end. Yeah. So the, the, the ship leaves the planet, and then by the time they send another fleet to go assimilate the planet, uh, I see, or whatever, I see. they find the warp storm, and yeah. the planet's been cut off. So over the thousands of years, the warp storm's happening, and uh, the Mechanicum, like, just forgets about the planet completely. Yeah. Because there was they nothing have other notable. Yeah, like, and things to take care of. So it's just, like, it gets lost. Like, there's billions of things to do, right? Yeah, so. exactly. And it's not like, holy cow, this, like, these aliens are shooting, like, crazy things. Or, you yeah, know, they're, they're not a threat. Just, they're nothing. They're just, and the, by, the, by the sounds of the planet, too, it's just like a giant desert 
world. Uh, no, there's still rivers and yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, I think it looks primarily deserty to me. Like, oh, okay. and even the way like their uh, biology is and stuff, like it's like very like, um, made for like being in a desert. Hmm. So, like, sure, like it's not like Star Wars where every planet you got Tatooine, that's your desert. Right, world. it's like, only yeah, like, desert. Like planets do have poles and yeah, different things geographical and, yeah, things but yeah. i'd say it's primarily desert okay i'm not gonna argue with you on that one sure and uh i'm not gonna say any more about it so good great <laughs> good maybe this is why i'm host number three now <laughs> it's because you smell bad <laughs> oh man um, i showered last week <laughs> mark no um so that's uh how humanity first found out about the towel yeah and that's how they view them for thousands of years, right? It's logged, yeah. it's ignored. Yeah. So then we're going to jump into, like, from the Talos point of view. Yeah. So you get, like, from the time uh, humanity first contacted them, that's when our, like, the Tau history kind of starts for us. And then that warp storm happens, and they have around 6,000 years to develop before anything kind of crazy comes their way. And um, this race, at this point, they kind of, they break off into different, I would say, like, no, like the tribes. Like, yeah. if they're all nomads, and you have, like, a tribe that you're with. Like, some tribes go up the mountains, and they... Yeah, everyone's mm-hmm. trying to find their own unique place in the world. Yeah. So they go to different areas and start doing different things. Right. And then, but because of how quickly, like, the Tau evolve and enhance, like, their bodies start actually changing to adapt to the environment that they're around. Yeah. So the mountain guys, like, this is the coolest one to me. They start actually developing wings. No, no, yep. no, no. No, they do not, Yeah, I read, it, I read it twice. No, yep. they do not develop wings. All right, I will find that <laughs> while Mark... Have you ever seen a Tau with wings? I actually read it in the Codex. There's no way they developed the wings. The Aircast lost their wings when they started becoming spacefaring. Okay, maybe you're right. Maybe that's something new. Back to the whole, I read Codexes a long time ago, not yeah. so much now. Like, I did read the Codex this morning. Because back in the day, it was always they would make, like, uh, air gliders and stuff. Not, like, actual physical wings. I, I thought I saw that on the Lexicanum as well. You could be right, but probably not. Okay. Well, but you, maybe. <laughs> you keep talking, and I'll see if I can find it. Yeah. Um, Fact check. But either way, Someone their, has to. their their bodies became more elongated and like lighter and like made for flying from mountaintop to mountaintop essentially. And uh, hmm. whether they did this through actual wings or hang gliders, we'll get back to you on that. You know that, that is interesting. Just a side note, because uh, I've I've read that like people speculate that if. Uh, it's interesting that they involve like the your change of like environment will actually change your physiology because yeah. that's actually really well, that's re- adaptation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but people like conjecture that like if we were to ever humans nowadays were ever to live on Mars, yeah, that we would actually grow a lot taller because the gravity is so much lighter, right? Like yeah, okay. over time, if we actually had a colony on Mars, and people's limbs would be a lot more long. Yeah, your bone density wouldn't yeah, be as yeah exactly and, right. Yeah. So it is right here, Mark says in the codex um their bodies have evolved to the new circumstances no longer bearing wings as they once did but instead exhibiting longer and lighter frames in response to their low gravity existence that is crazy yeah like they I'm gonna really have to changed. do some more <laughs> i mean it's in the codex maybe it's a figure of speech and in the, le- in the <laughs> yeah. lexicanum they describe it as skin flaps 
Yeah. That's crazy. Sure. Okay. But so like, when what I was, do you have other than the codex? So when I was thinking on? like wings, I was thinking like actual bird wings, but like they could be talking more like, like a maybe flap like a, between yeah, a, base, like a yeah. squirrel suit. Yeah. 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 Like yes. Yeah. But like, cause that I could believe, but to, for them to have two arms, two legs, and then grow a pair of wings on top of that, that seems like angel wings. Almost. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. that seems too much, but I could, I mean, you never know a yeah. and B like the only source of lore that you have is the codex. So and books. Yes, but, but I don't know if the books and, talk a lot about, like, their no. history. I thought no. it was more like the spheres. Yeah, but yeah. anywho. Sure, sure. I concede that uh, Games Workshop has messed up on that <laughs> piece of the lore. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's a mistake, clearly. Um, don't worry, Mark. They'll fix it in the next edition. Oh, I know. Yeah. They're listening. They know. <laughs> they know. They know what they've done. Um <laughs> Okay, so yeah, but they're, they're, the main thing is that they developed differently. Yeah. And they were tailored to their environments, which changed what they were capable of doing. Like, yeah. these, the, the air guys who had, like, really light bones, and, like, they were no good at, like, physically fighting. Like, you just, it, you can't. Like, you can't pack a punch when your bones yeah. are hollow. Yeah, so then they also had, like, plains dwellers, which were, like, chasing down exotic animals <laughs> and you know they have to be like at the peak of their physical condition right you know like they have their bodies have to be built that way um so they they're usually stronger and faster have more endurance yep there was also people that settled in like river valleys and uh i would imagine their bodies just come like become thicker and sturdier like um, think of like a typical construction worker they're usually pretty like thick and sturdy and short i i I almost wonder if it's more of an intellectual thing at that point because they were they were the first to build settlements yeah maybe it was mines but yeah yeah like because you can have you can have like an an evolution or an adaptation within your brain right when all of a sudden you start using like the more of your brain power than someone else yeah that offers a huge um what was it called advantage Yeah. yeah right and then uh, finally, there's people that wandered between all the different tribes, and I'd imagine they kind of just have a typical Tau body. Really, there's nothing notable about it. Yeah. Like, Do you want to describe the Tau body? Yeah. So a Tau's body uh, has a couple interesting features on it. Um, first of all, their skin is blue. They're humanoid, by the way. Yeah. Bipedal. Bipedal. Mm-hmm. So two legs, two arms, one head, one torso, <laughs> one penis. No, actually. <laughs> what? <laughs> Um, but they kind of more have like animal type legs, right? Yeah, so they, yeah. they have hoofs. And one of my biggest pet peeves as gay as this is when I see like a, a converted Tau model and they put like a fire warrior body on an Imperial Guardsman's legs. I'm like, oh. where's the hooves? Where's the, the hooves? The legs don't even look like they bend normally though. Yeah, like they, they look a little different. Like Yeah, like they, they have that backwards like a little bit, yeah. like the heel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and conversions like that always kind of irk me where it's just like, the, the big one that I've been noticing... Better that your model had been in lava. <laughs> it, yeah. it sounds like the, almost like a mythical, like the fawns. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, Almost, yeah. but I don't think they're like hairy. Like, no, no, the no fawns, they're not hairy, but, but like... Yeah, like the, the whole like yeah, structure. Shape, yeah, yes, yeah. I would agree. But, uh, yeah. Um, really large eyes, too, from what I see on pictures. Hmm. 
Like, they seem to, like, have eyes that are much bigger than ours. Interesting. Like, their nose doesn't look nearly as pronounced if they have one. I feel like I've only seen Tal with, I guess I haven't looked into it as much, but with, like, helmets on and and Yeah, usually they wear helmets. Uh, Something we were um, discussing is that their life expectancy. Yeah, apparently they only live, like, 40 years. Like, average. Oh, really? That's pathetic. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But, so then I brought up the point when we were talking, like, the average human only lives like probably 20 years yeah like uh, for in, like in 40k right because um, oh, i mean 40. 20 does seem a little low no it does not at all because like so the vast majority of the population is in the imperial guard right yeah and like this is official games workshop lore where the average guardsman guardsman only lives 15 hours <laughs> what what yeah yeah <laughs> that seems a little off. 15 hours. like as soon as you're drafted in and like on your first planet fall, 15 hours, that's that's your life oh, expectancy. But how old are they when they're drafted? So I would imagine, like, they draft them around the age of 16, like, at that to age. 18, yeah. yeah Somewhere like, in there is their draft. At that age, you're you're strong enough to be able to run with a full-grown adult and, like, you mm-hmm. know. Um, yeah, like, there are, like, uh, Cadian white shields that are, like, recruited when they're, like, you know, super young, like 10. Hmm. But. So the Tau, the Tau uh, lifespan is 40 years in the 41st millennium. Yeah. yeah. We're not talking like like before they were space. Well, I don't think that it has a difference, really. Because that, that, they aren't constrained by... But like, that's kind of weird to me, because like, even humans' life expectancy 4,000 years ago was like was like 30 years right 30 yeah, 40 years sure. but because of medical advances well and like you would think that w- the tau would go through the same yeah is that's it their what, is that, it their lifespan or their life expectancy is that what that is i think it's lifespan but the thing is like i know your point jordan like most people would only live 30 years like yeah. in the middle ages yeah but that was more just due to like Sickness. it wasn't like yeah it wasn't yeah, like yeah. We it wasn't only body live. degradation yeah, no i yeah. know i know so, so we're but, saying yeah. like the tau bodies will degrade at that yeah. right and yeah, you, there's yeah. nothing you can do to stop you can't fix yeah. death like yeah, yeah right. no, 40 know, years that's like yeah. their degrading point which is crazy to me like normally in like a fantasy or sci-fi setting like humans are one of the shortest lived races and then you all like not you, always i've i know a couple well i would side. say normally yeah i guess like, so the normal expectation yeah. for me is that like when when humanity encounters another race, um, they are better than humanity. You know, like, case in point, the Eldar, better than humanity. They'll live longer than humanity. Um, like, I'm assuming orcs will live forever, <laughs> as yeah. long as they don't kill each other. Yeah. Um, Necron, obviously, immortal. Um, trying to think of what else. Crook. <laughs> Could have long life lifespan. Do they? They do. I guess it depends on what they eat as yeah. well. Well, they're probably cold blooded, so what a oh. birds normally. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Cold blooded animals can live a lot longer usually. Hmm. Are birds cold blooded? No. No, no, no. Uh, no. I was thinking, do birds Kruger. have blood? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I'm sure we could find yes. proof of that. <laughs> I couldn't answer that confidently for yeah. some reason. <laughs> Obviously, they have blood. <laughs> Classic. Uh, we'll get into the crude eventually. Yeah. But, uh, a couple other noticeable features about uh, Tau. They have three fingers, one thumb. It Honestly, when I see it, it just looks like four fingers. Like, they're the two on the bottom portion of the hand, You're they look crude. like the same. Am I? Yeah. Tau, they just have three fingers. Oh, okay. Which is another thing I always find amusing when people model a Las gun on a Tau, 
and he's got a human fuck. hand. A human hand, and you're like, why? Why, people? Um, sorry, I'm I'm fascinated with the physiology stuff, but uh, yeah, the would it be like safe to assume that Tao have like maybe like a super fast metabolism that they would because because their lifespans are so short maybe they wouldn't need as much sleep and and like they could uh process things even much faster like uh neurologically than possibly humans could because you think you think that such a fast degradation would mean like like their body is like expanding that much yeah yeah exactly (laughs) it's possible i I even have almost a a piece of um, evidence to like support that is when I was reading about the battle suits is they were saying there's so much information being fed yeah. into like the helmet is that it takes so much to actually uh, read all that information and then to logically disperse it back out and make your tactical decisions hmm. like they made it sound like other people would be overloaded and inundated hmm. with information so it is possible they have that higher hmm. ability to but I, I wouldn't go nearly as far as to compare it with the Eldar. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. It also could just amount to, like, the training that they receive. And yeah. they've been breeding it for generations. Like, like, physically, though, Tau are inferior to humans. Yes, like a single um, Tau versus a single really. human. Mm-hmm. Yeah, physically they are. Like, they're probably... Five five height wise. Yeah, yeah. But there, since like the Tau, like they have like different types of Tau. Like if you're a mountain Tau, that Tau might be six five. The air Tau. Yeah, yeah. there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So they do have different ones, but the yeah, average yeah. ones around five yeah. five. And and also we're talking about the beginning Tau kind of here. Yeah. Which gets even crazier. Uh, a little later in their history when the Ethereals come and the caste system becomes formalized. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, we'll mention one more notable feature sure. that they have, and then we'll jump onto the Ethereals. Um, so the other noticeable feature is their heads. They have a slit in it, it, in between their running from basically where you have a nose kind of to your top of your forehead. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Do you do see it in a lot of the pictures, just like a little gap? And and I don't know if this is official or if this is just something, uh, third party modelers like to do, but like where a male Tau has like a straight line, a female Tau almost has like a Y on their forehead for their slit. Oh. Mm -hmm. With the Y facing up, so like actually a Y. Hmm. Yeah. But yeah. I don't know if that's just the third party party thing to like kind of distinguish. Yeah. I should look at Shadow Shadow Sun. I can't say I've ever noticed that. Hmm. Um, that's all. <clears throat> that's kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, and there are you know the differences in society. If you grow up on the plains, you're gonna have a different idea and ideology, different upbringing, different. Um, sorry. Uh, like different what you like consider like a life goal than someone who grew up on a mountain and someone who grew up on um in in like a river in a settlement and that like that's very comparative to how humans you know you can compare to us and that we value different things depending on where we're from yeah yeah so um and they developed like that but what's crazy is because they did develop so quickly uh not only in terms of their evolution and their adaptation to their uh, surroundings, but also with technology uh, that they ended up fighting um, and they created the Montau. The Terror Age? What is it called? The Dark Great Night or? Death Age? Death Death Age. Age. Or the Terror. Yes, someone has Lexicanum open. (laughs) 
<laughs> no, that was all from my head. <laughs> I'm more impressed that way. I'm willing to believe it. Uh, yeah, the Montau, it, it's like a civil war, really, but it, it, it is, it's described in the Codex as a pop, apple, a, applesauce. No, it's uh, apocalyptic. Mm. Yeah, so it, it's it's described as like it's going to end the Tau if it continues because they they're just they weren't their brains weren't large enough to actually handle all the tech like they had no ah, gosh I don't know exactly what I think I'm you're playing to say. up the tech too much they had just primitive firearms like basic black powder like yeah but it was developed like quickly. Well, sure. That, like, that's, like that's, that's what all they, it takes is one guy to develop black powder, and then boom, black powder. Like there is not. Yeah, but black. Pa- that's black powder versus the plains warriors who maybe had bark I, armor. No, I know. I'm just right? saying so that's a huge they're not, jump. Sure, because sure. like when it's you like, look at the human advancement, we had so much in between it. Like from from being nomads to having black powder, we had huge jumps. Like we had the ability to forge things in between there and you go from bronze and then you hit iron and then you hit steel right they could have had all that too i'm i'm just but it it does in the codex it does say it was so such a large jump in Mm. technology that they weren't capable of it yet they weren't able to handle it sure as soon as you bring a firearm in doesn't matter any other steps it changes the game like right absolutely and it's yeah but I mean, kind of yes and no, because bullets back in, like, the Civil War area could be stopped by, like, wicker baskets. Like, you weave enough, like, armor on yourself, like a bullet, it'll it'll stop it. uh, Yeah, absolutely. Sure. I don't know The the, the stopping power of the bullet, like, wasn't that strong. So when you're talking, like, primitive firearms, might not be that big of a game changer. But they did say it just, it happens so recklessly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy. Um... I don't know, I guess there's no good a time to bring in the ethereals than the Montau. Because that's when they come in, really. Yes. <laughs> Any other time would actually be weird. Uh, but the Montau is happening, and there's a city called uh, Fiotown. <laughs> a lot of things have Tau in the title. Yes, yeah. Fiotown. Yeah. Uh, and it's where there was the River Valley uh, people had built a settlement, and the Fire Warriors were sieging it. And they were sieging it for five years, um, and they were able to hold it off. But then disease was starting to like grow and become rampant. And I believe the fire warriors were uh, the plains warriors. But. E- sorry, yes. At this point, they were just plains yeah. warriors. They were currently uh, winning the siege, which would have like destroyed the city of Fiaotun. And all of a sudden, these bright lights appear in the sky, and that's the advent of the ethereals. Yeah, which is a completely separate. Tau group. Yeah, so now we have like five distinct types of Tau. Um, and they show up, and there's an ethereal that goes to each group. One goes to the the city, and one goes to the, the plains people. And they, over the course of a night, they basically broker a truce, and in yeah. the morning, everyone's shaking hands. Yeah. Happy times. And then they say it only takes a few years for them to go to everyone on the planet and get them all to work together, which yeah. is insane because these people had no reason to work together before this at all. Yeah. And they do say that when an ethereal, when they first walked in, they kind of exuded like an authority that was difficult to argue with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, it was the, I think it was the philosophy that they brought though that really united the Tao. Yeah. Yeah. But it like yes, like that's definitely what got it all together. But it, it was even that their presence was difficult enough. Like mm. they just 
you looked at them and you just understood that this person knew what they were talking about, yeah. right? Hmm. Um, there's a lot of speculation with the ethereals. So yeah, a lot. We'll, we'll give you a little teaser here. At the end of this episode, our Tales of the Warp is going to be a, our conversation about ethereals. Um, so It'll I think, be a good one, too. Yeah, we got a lot of stuff. So I think that's all we're going to mention and not yeah. drop too much information about them now and save it for the end. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, so they basically unite the entire Tau planet over the course of a couple years. Yeah. Then... Uh, they, and they're preaching what's called the greater good. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Where everyone works together, essentially, for the yeah, greater good you, of the race. Yeah, for the Empire. Like, you sacrifice. Like, everyone needs to make the sacrifice. Yeah. And if you have to, you will sacrifice for the Empire. Yeah. And, and it's also... But it's everyone little- is equal. Like, everyone is equally honored. Like, if you're just flipping burgers at a McDonald's drive through you have a valued place in society. Mm-hmm. And it's not even just members of their own race either. Like, right. Yeah. The yeah. greater good extends, you know. Yeah, I guess it does to of. the galaxy. As yeah. long as you are part of Yeah, as the long empire. as you, you come under it. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah. But, like, even coming under it, you still have a lot of autonomy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you are, like, as long as you follow the basic tenets of the yeah, greater good, right, yeah. they give you. Right. Yeah, they allow like your yeah. So it's to not exist. just like completely like uh, it's not assimilation. Yeah, by yeah, any exactly. means. No. Yeah, not like like Borg from Star Trek, where it's like yeah. I never, I've never seen Star Trek. Oh no. <laughs> well, don't. <laughs> yeah, I like Star Trek, but I want something with I, fifty seasons. I like Star Trek too, yeah, because there's so many of them, and I can just turn it on and I can paint. And it's the type of show where you don't have to be watching it, mm. but like you can watch it. But I can paint and watch it, and life is good. Have you seen the the new one? No, uh, what is Discovery? Discovery, yeah. No, I haven't. I've seen it, the movies. Yeah, am it's I, interesting. Am I cool now? <laughs> No, no one in Star Trek is cool. Oh, <laughs> hey. <laughs> Anyways, uh, <laughs> derailed. Um, it's that easy to derail us. Yeah. Uh, so let's jump ahead now. About three thousand years, I think. So now we're at like, what is the first sphere of expansion? Uh, well, do you want to kind of touch on the caste systems? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. So. Over the next 3,000 years, they developed the caste systems, which is, uh, there's five castes. There's the fire caste, earth caste, air caste, water caste, and then the ethereal caste. And so we'll start with the, the fire caste first. So these were the original plains dwellers, like these uh, Tau that are physically superior to all the other ones who, are, who have been chasing exotic animals around, hunting them, eating them, getting bigger and stronger. This cast became the warrior cast. Um, and I would imagine for the first, like, 3,000 years, they don't have a lot to do. Because there's no other, like, uh, like enemies on the planet. And it's not like they're on a death world where it's right. like they're constantly trying to, yeah. like, fend off, you know, T-Rexes or something wild. Mm-hmm. So I'd imagine for the first, like, 3,000 years, they're just training. Tra- training, training yeah. But, like, in a 40-year lifespan, it's, like... Right. Probably developing um, weapons technology. Well, actually, that's the the um, Earth cast. Yeah, so we'll talk about them next. Uh, the Earth cast is the builders, the scientists, engineers, um, engineers. They're they're but, the yeah, intellectual, all... brainy, creative types. Yeah, and it did say like the majority of the Earth cast are going to be the workers, and yeah. then the exceptional ones become their engineers yeah. and doctors and scientists. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because everyone has a role. And right? these people came from the river people, the the people in the city of Fiaotan. 
Fiotan. Yeah, that would be one of them. And uh, yeah, and there's probably other cities too. But because they they've already were developing their mines or whatever, like Eric was saying, like they were already developing agriculture and yep, they're forging stuff and stuff like that. Yeah, way back in the day, they just they had the ability to do it, so they they worked on it. And now yeah. they're starting architecture yeah. and they're looking at engineering and how to build walls and structures and stuff. So that's like their shtick, right? Yeah. So then after them, we have the water cast, which were uh, the wandering tribes or the wandering people who just yeah, went yeah. from tribe to tribe. So now they took up a place of messengers and communicators. Um, politicians. Yeah, they became the bureaucrats. Mm-hmm. Traders yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. It, it it fits a lot of that actually. You can look at like the, like they are the societal leaders, like the politicians, like Marcus saying, and the bureaucrats. But they also were responsible for, uh, especially back in the day, trading between like the fire people, the the plains people, and the river valley and the mountain. They would travel between them with goods and stuff, right? So. Yeah. They they were good at negotiating yeah. with everyone, yeah. which kind of lends to their ambassador role because they're one of like when when Atau actually encounters an alien Reese, they're one of the first to go over and speak with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then we have the air cast, and these were those uh, ones with the wings and stuff. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're also called the invisible cast. Yeah, they're the least seen. Yeah, uh, especially in forty k. Um, so. They're an interesting cast, too, because, like, up until they uh, develop, like, spaceships, like, I don't know what, did what, they do? what role they would have. Like, right. they're supposed to, in, in 40K, they they run the the Tau fleet, yep. so they're in charge of all the spaceships and all the communications and, and that kind of thing, where, you know, when they're evolving, like... Yeah, there were no spaceships. They're, they're, yeah, there were no spaceships, so were they just messengers at that point, just simple messengers? flying around giving messages like yeah like that's the only thing i can assume yeah but then that like has a lot of crossover with like the the water the water cast like yeah the water cast are the one writing the messages and then the air cast are the one delivering <laughs> but, them they're i mean just potential postal service yeah, yeah they're right. just a postal service <laughs> i mean but, that, that's that potentially that's sure. all it is right yeah. but it's it's really when the uh their tech advances enough to where they have like mm-hmm. the vehicles and the and the yeah. fleets that they really step into their own yeah but i would just assume it's just a really small cast yeah it could yeah. be right yeah. like it's not nearly like the earth is the most numerous yeah right that's the the, their day-to-day workers and everything (laughs) and then um i would assume fire and and water or fire and water have to be pretty similar in size and then i would say or at least they're in the middle and then the air is going to be the least oh and then Mm -hmm. ethereal would be actually at the yeah and then finally got the ethereals which we talked a little bit about um they're the leaders essentially spiritual and uh, Um, what's the other word they use kingly royalty yeah almost yeah we'll we'll get more into them yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) uh but they're they're essentially the overall ruling class like Mm -hmm. everyone all the classes have their own leaders but then you still need a leader leading the race as a whole Mm -hmm. sounds like they're almost like an aristocracy or something they're that's a big word jordan yeah (laughs) like like the like a ruling class that like you can only be born into well oh that, yeah. that's another thing to mention yeah. probably about the cast is that interbreeding is forbidden oh, by really? the ethereals yeah. so if your parents were fire warriors <clears throat> you are 
Mm-hmm. Like you're a fire cast member and there's yeah. no going yeah, yeah, outside yeah. of that. But it's, so it's ethereal, in your DNA too, right? Like, a, well, yeah, exactly. Now that like, the breeding has been going, but ethereal can only ever birth an ethereal. Yeah. Mm. Right. So a water cast can only ever birth a water cast. Yeah. And it is, um, it is like bred in their DNA now because they've been weeding out like the traits that they don't like yeah. for thousands of years. Yeah. Yeah. But they've, and they've kind of been like, um, specializing in, in mm-hmm. their, in their caste systems. And you hear about that most in the fire cast that, you know, they've weeded out the weak physical imperfections mm-hmm. in the fire cast to just build like a better warrior. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's interesting too, with this caste system, cause, um, they they kind of all accept their role in the in for the society. greater good. Yeah, yeah. And they accept their function, right? They're not they're not trying to, you know. Yeah. So Tao really are communists, like because everyone is treated equal. It doesn't matter if you're like I said that guy flipping burgers or you're the most honored fire warrior commander. Like everyone is equal. So when everyone is equal, you know, like and in perfect communism, if it worked, it would be a good <laughs> thing. But it never really works except for in fantasy. <laughs> right, like, except for in the Tao. Yeah. In but a like, race that doesn't exist. No, it's true. Uh, yeah. yeah, so like you can find that like uh that uh fulfillment in your whatever you're doing because you know no matter what you're gonna be taken care of and like you're contributing and mm-hmm. you're valued. Yeah, and they really do I think um kind of let go of their, their individuality in all of this. Yeah. Well yeah. you definitely lose something. Right. But it's like it's is not it? like they're like mindless bugs. No, over no, here. of course. Not. I know what you were saying. Yeah. Like, yeah, you do lose a little bit because yeah. if you're a fire well, warrior you and to, you're feeling of. like you want to go draw a painting, sure, you could do that on your personal time. I'm sure, but it's but it's you, expected that you put down the paintbrush and function, pick up the gun. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's definitely it. It it was interesting to me to think like, well, like, what happens if like a fire warrior ever falls in love with like a like a water cast member? Like, is that like for like Romeo and Juliet style story? <laughs> no, they wouldn't find each other appealing sexually. I, I know, but like... It'd be weird. Would it? It'd be very awkward. Have I don't you, know. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just saying I'm words. just trying to picture it in my mind. <laughs> I like where this is going. Candles in the Oh, yeah. But yeah, it is... Interbreeding is forbidden. Kind yeah. of just to keep like the fire warriors have spent so long building this perfect person that they just they're not allow it. So it is definitely space communism. Yeah, ultimately. Right? Yeah, but it is to all of our understanding and current viewing, it's space communism that works. Yeah, <laughs> and has been working. Yeah. So for a while. Exactly. Um. So. We want to yeah, get on the cast, jump into the first sphere. Yeah. So the way Tau progression happens is they work in, like, spheres of expansion, which is basically just, like... A crusade. A crusade, essentially. Everyone loves the crusades. Yeah. <laughs> like, everyone has their own That joke's outplayed. <laughs> That's why I kind of had that downward yeah, tunnel, exactly, you know. Exactly. But, uh, yeah, everyone has their own version of expansion, and this is theirs. And uh, throughout their history, they've had five... But like really I'd say almost six. Like, so the first like the the very first one, it they don't mention, but that's like their development from like planes people to uh spacefaring. Okay. But then like the official first one is the first sphere <laughs> sphere of I can, expansion. I can see why you would say that. Yeah, like it's not official and yeah. It's it's, just, m- it's more just like, hey, now we're a player, like 
on the galactic scale. Yeah. Like, this is our advancement first. Yeah. But, yeah. So, the first sphere of expansion is when they first leave their planet. And they did it uh, on, like, colony ships. And this age happened for, what do we say, like, 2,000 years uh, or something like that? Just over 1,400. 1,400, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and they made colony ships, and they just flew off to the nearest planet and tried to settle it. Yeah. Well, it's actually interesting. In their own star system, there's, like, a large number of habitable planets. <laughs> yeah, and uh, the amount of aliens they encounter in just their small region of space is it's crazy. Yeah, it's lots. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, and in this first one, so one of the reasons it probably lasts so long is that their ships just weren't capable of fast travel. Yeah, that would be the big thing. Right, there would have been whole generations that were born, raised, and died on these ships as they're traveling. Yeah, because 1,400 years, what would that be? How many generations? It's a lot. Like, that's for sure. 35. 35 generations. Yeah. Jeez. (laughs) Potentially. Potentially, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's pretty cool. But this is also um, where they start, like, preaching the greater good to other people. Yeah, Mm -hmm. so this is when they make their first contact with other aliens in the galaxy mm-hmm. um the very first aliens they encounter are the porkun pocktroons pocktroons yeah and uh they didn't last very long nope they, but i would uh, love to get into that um later. they had a peaceful negotiation yeah they were folded then, into the greater group. yeah like uh they 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 became friends trading partners allies or yeah. whatever but then they died to a, a plague or yeah. a disease or something like that. And then the Tau just assimilated their world, yeah. which was habitable. So Yeah. Um, they also ran into um, the... You want to ramble off a bunch uh, of names? You're yeah. probably better at reading than I am. In the, well, in the beginning, in this first one, it's the Nicosar, the Thraxians, the Anthrazods, and the Brachyura and the Crute. Yeah. So those are like those are the ones that actually are here and they're here to stay. Yeah. But over the course of all their spheres, they encounter all um, these yeah. other ones, which you can read off now. But they don't meet them right now. No. But we're not gonna just tell you when they meet them because right. whatever. We'll so, just t- tell you now. Yeah. These are all the ones that they've encountered and accepted into the greater good. Yeah, and that's the key. Accepted it. Yeah. So all the ones I mentioned, plus the Demiurg, the Formosians, the Galgs, Ganosh, Greet. Um, they do accept humans, which are called the Guevesa. Yep. And these are pockets of Imperial Guardsmen that have kind of laid down their arms and accepted the greater good. Yeah. We'll mm. get more into how that happens. Yeah. Uh, then we have the Hrenian, the Geatrix, the Moralian, the Nagi, the Rangon, the Vespid, the Yabby Yabby. The Yabby Yabby. <laughs> uh, and there is yabby, a race yabby, yabby. that they attempted to bring into the greater good and then they realized this would never ever happen and it's the orcs yeah and they actually have kind of like a hatred for the orcs now i did i saw it mentioned a couple times as i was reading that they actually hate like they were like they will go out of their way to kill to exterminate orcs yeah because it's just like it's just ultimate violence and chaos and it's just like it's kind of like the antithesis to right their philosophy. exactly yeah right. yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, e- and I can even see that. orcs don't work with orcs. Like, yeah, like, th- yeah. Their whole purpose is just destruction and fighting, and yeah. power, which is the greater good. Like, you're supposed to sacrifice those things for it. Yeah, yeah. So the first sphere of expansion, they're able to set up like eight worlds. I believe. Um, I was reading a sept is actually a star system. Okay, so uh, eight, eight star, star systems. systems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is a, a decent amount, yeah. but it makes sense because it was over fourteen hundred years. It's a long, yeah crusade slash sphere <laughs> i keep wanting to say crusade <laughs> um so then we get into the second sphere 
Yeah, and the second sphere is um, that's when humanity actually touches the Tau again, because the Tau fight right up to the uh, eastern edge of human territory. Yeah. So they would have had they have like border skirmishes and yeah. stuff, but there's nothing there's nothing too crazy. It's not really like all out war at no, this point. No. It's more just contact again. Yeah. Like yeah. I'm assuming like small like little outpost worlds exactly. that have like minimal defenses like. Yeah, yeah. they're folded into um, the Tau. Another notable thing to mention too about uh, this sphere is they develop like the faster than light travel or NZF yeah. hyperlight drive or something. Yeah. Hmm. It's not full warp technology, but it's doesn't it skim? Yeah, it skims the warp. Like, yeah, so they make little jumps and they touch the warp like briefly and then they they stop. Uh, in what I was reading, because uh, the Codex is from the Tau perspective, yeah, and they were saying like, oh, they fought these people that have uh, space ri- uh, space ripping technology, yeah, and I like I really thought about it, like, what would you do, like a race that is as technologically advanced as the Tau, all of a sudden to find like humanity and they don't understand anything like about the war, mm-hmm. yeah, right, and all of a sudden you see these people just rip holes in reality and like emerge, like that's sweet, yeah, it would be wild, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so then they're like, oh my gosh, like all this thing. I don't know. It was really cool to me to read yeah. that from someone else's perspective. Because for me, yeah. I see the progression in humanity. Yeah. But. yeah, so they do their next sphere. I'm sure they conquer a couple more worlds. Yeah, that's actually a so huge on. one. Yeah. That's the Damocles. Um, Crusade. Isn't that yeah. the third? No, the Damocles is what halts the second. Mm-hmm. The Damocles Crusade oh, halts the yeah. second. And then that creates the Damocles Gulf. Yeah, so that's basically their their conflict with humanity yeah and the third is when things start getting really nasty i thought that was the the damocles crusade was the third um i could be wrong no eric's right it's yeah. the okay. second yeah okay um yeah but so they fight each other and they basically reach a stalemate and uh both sides kind of withdraw or kind yeah. of concede different worlds or they kind of make an uneasy truth truce yeah kind of just like a like we won't touch you you won't touch yeah. us and and this is one of the ways that uh a lot of humans join the tau empire because like they're basically abandoned to this planet like the imperium's like sorry we just we don't have the resources to defend your planet so then the humans on the planet either can fight till they're dead or they can join the tau empire yeah. so a lot of them do join mm-hmm but then, like, we're, we're always talking about such, like, large time spans where, like, thousands of years happen. So, or, or at least hundreds. So, like, the original people on the planet who were conquered by the Tau or joined the Tau, like, they die off and their kids, like, start to actually like the Tau. And, like, right, they, they realize grow up all with them. them. Yeah, and it's, like, a lot of the old prejudices die. And, like, mm-hmm. the Imperium's a horrible place to live. So when you join the Tau perfect society right yeah it seems like a good thing so it's interesting though i read that the tau even let them still worship the emperor really yeah i did not read that hmm. like, like they'll I, let them i suppose as it makes sense like as long as you're still contributing your, yeah, yeah like the worship of the emperor isn't a bad thing in and of itself like, it's what it's normally what religion would do to you that's the bad thing yeah right that's it isn't it i wouldn't have come there on my own but it makes <sighs> sense to me Mm-hmm. that they would allow it because a lot of like the subcultures like they're allowed their own place yeah like they're not good. assimilating them fully yeah. they're just uh working together really yeah it, it's really like a 
like let's pool everything together yeah. like what can you bring to the table because yeah. every even those a bunch of those races like they have their own place in mm-hmm. the uh in the empire yeah we do have a uh minor xenos episode planned in three episodes i think two something like that something like that yeah maybe four but uh where we are going to get into all these like the niska the demiurg all yeah. these the crew that'll be really interesting actually. yeah because like, like there's things. there's so many xenos races in the galaxy but some of them only have one sentence on them where others have you know yeah quite like the, an crew, the are actually like an established race yeah. whereas like the vespid aren't right the, not the, as much the thraxians but, aren't yeah right so yeah but uh yeah so we will have a lot more information on them coming up here quick yeah. um third sphere of expansion uh third sphere is when they actually dive into imperial territory like this is like a big push so they were hanging out on the eastern fred fringe and now they push hard into the eastern uh territory and um this is i believe where the farsight enclave comes into play um yeah so they push in yeah and then i think they're stalemated again and then everyone withdraws again the three ethereals uh, die actually oh and that's why everyone withdraws or the tau start p- stop well pushing? that's that's why uh what's his name farsight yeah that's why farsight actually leaves because his ethereals die yeah they get killed and so he, normally the expected thing to do is to fold back into the empire right you go back you i don't know get new ethereals <laughs> and <laughs> then you leadership yeah right yeah and then you go again but he actually didn't return to um oh Tau space. yeah he didn't return to the empire yeah he stayed where he was like right in, in like the eastern area yeah on the eastern edge yeah and he's kind of created like his own empire in here yeah uh which the ethereals now have deemed a dead zone and no one in the Tau Empire is allowed to go into this area or even communicate in it. Yeah. But they do, the Ethereals do constantly send drones in. Yeah. To and like look. And, yeah. Interesting thing. Huh. This happened hundreds of years ago. Yeah. Farsight is still alive. Rumored to be. No, he is. No, he is. Yeah. Rumored to be. No, they take pictures of him. So. With the drones. Either it, Farsight is like a name, like, and you adopt the name and you adopt his Oh, it's one of those things. Yeah. Like I don't think so. His, I read yeah, that yeah. his sword literally keeps him alive. Uh, I like, don't know if that is one of those things where Games Workshop has actually clarified it nowadays. Gotcha. But back in the day, it was rumored that, yeah, like his oh, sword really? would like steal people's souls, and that's how he stayed alive forever. Mm. Or, yeah. yeah. They might have clarified it. You might be right. I, I, I did read it on the Lexicanum, so. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess that's not. Okay, not yeah, you're right. But... It, on the Lexicanum, it does say. Um, it could be that another has taken up his mantle yeah. or that the real commander is extending his lifespan through some technological process. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Yeah, what I had read in the in the codex is that they send drones which are constantly shot down by uh, the people who are in the enclave, Yeah. but that they are monitoring Farsight and that they are very interested in how he is still alive. Yeah. But whether or not that's actually him, that's the question. Yeah. Okay. Because he did find like a demon, or it's not necessarily a demon sword, but he, this alien artifact sword so yeah that might play into the dawn it. blade i think yeah yeah it's pretty yeah. cool though it is i love his model actually yeah. like a battle suit with a cool sword and well he's he's pretty badass too though like 
could somebody even just replace him and take his name? Because isn't yeah. he like a, a, a genius? Yes. Okay, this is where it was interesting. It's on Moloch. I, I read that too, but I think it was a different Moloch because this one was like... It, it is Ar- Arthas Ar- Moloch. Yeah, and I don't think it's the same Moloch. In uh, a lot of times, or especially within Tao um, like culture, yeah. when they uh, accept a sept into the fold, so that would be a whole star system, yeah. the star system is named after the prime planet. Yeah. So like the Tau star system would be called Tau. Mm-hmm. And like the humans, like the the solar system that we have would be called Terra. Yeah. Right? So maybe like they're actually at the Moloch star system. Hmm. Potentially. It's, it's possible. It seems uh, odd that they would do Moloch twice. <sighs> but hey, you never know. You never know. <laughs> Um, yeah, it, it's possible. There's no connection there besides that they use the same same name. Yeah. Um, it does say that the Dawn Blade, it was, um, it was found in a mysterious temple on the world Arthas Moloch, using it to fight creatures that were almost certainly chaos demons. Hmm. So it's an anti-demonic blade? I yeah. mean, it could just be like a warp tool like the Anathame was. Yeah. Right, you you never know, or like a gray knight force weapon, exactly. Like it's purified, or yeah, or like could be interesting. Um, yeah, it might be Moloch, the same Moloch. I can neither confirm nor deny it. Yeah, that one, that one, that one could be interesting. Anyway, Farsight is a really cool character. He just is within Tau. Yeah. Um. Anything else we want to talk about him? Uh. Yeah. I mean, he kind of just breaks off, starts his own empire. Yeah. And, and he's really the only Tau to do this. Yes. Everyone else is kind of folded within the greater good. Uh, but it, so something that Farsight actually had been having these doubts for a while. Uh, he had seen his like his compatriots give up their lives like on the fields of battle and wonder like, is this really worth it? Yeah. And, and so he kind of had the seeds of doubt hmm. in his mind because everyone you follow unquestioningly. Yeah. Like when Ethereal tells you that like go take this planet and die in the process, you do it. Yeah. Like you don't even you you say thank you for the opportunity, but he's kind of questioned it, and it's kind of it lends that sour note, you know. When yeah. everyone is getting along, it all works fine. Yeah. But as soon as that one person starts questioning whether the sacrifice you're making is actually worth it and making yeah. a difference, that's when the seeds of doubt start coming. Yeah. And that's where we're gonna talk a lot in the tales of the war. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. So let that kind of. There are still four and five for the spheres of expansion. Yeah, but we're not going to mention them right now. This is new 40k lore. Yeah, that happens in like 999 yeah, and 41. The, yeah, and there's a bunch of things that happen almost simultaneously Yeah, that we're going to all talk about in an episode simultaneously because mm-hmm. they all kind of play off each other. So Yeah, but that that's pretty much like how they start expanding. Yeah. Eventually you get that drive that allows like really close to warp travel, but not yeah. quite and... Yeah, really good guys, giving everyone just some love and guidance <laughs> within the greater good. Um, something else we're going to talk about is the technology of the Tau. Super briefly, um, yeah. I guess the first thing just being that it was massive jumps. Yeah, yeah. So they say like in two thousand years, essentially, they go from being like developing their first black powder weapons all the way to being spacefaring. And, like, being able to have, like, these crazy weapons and, yeah. Which is, like, when you think about it, like, when was Black Powder invented? Oh, actually, Black Powder's been around for us for a long time. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah it, maybe it, a thousand years, maybe. Yeah, but it's not inconceivable that, yeah, like, within a thousand years, like, we're spacefaring. 
No, not at all. But but it, it is a diff- there's a difference between like humanity from right now to like let's say the dark age of technology. Like yeah. that's a long period right. of time and, and yeah. 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 And so now like these tower even able to contend with like the Astartes. Like with their weapons, and yeah. Stuff. That's a that's a big thing because it took humanity actual like tens of thousands of years to develop this. Although interesting thought, we would also advance a lot faster if we united as a race as well under you know. Under but I don't uh, tolerate equality or other people, so it's <laughs> never going to happen. But it wouldn't be your choice. It I, is my choice. No, I'm just saying uh, though, the, like the, the thing I will be, fight to if the death. The emperor, if the emperor. My, Hatred, what? (laughs) What What? is happening? (laughs) If the emperor were to come and tell everyone, like, this is how it is now. Yeah. Right? Like, you have no choice. But I'm just saying, if we did, our technology would advance. We also placed a lot of restrictions on tech. Yeah. I also think, like, there's no, like, if you're talking about humanity right now, there's no, like, deep existential threat that humanity as a whole faces. Yeah. Whereas I think, like, in this universe, you you have these other races that you're encountering, and it's sort of a unifying force yeah. when you it, have it. Absolutely yeah. is, yeah. yeah. Whereas, like right now, that like if we had an asteroid coming to hit Earth, like we would all there is one. Oh really? You guys haven't heard about that? No. No, there's actually there's an asteroid. One. No, there's like a a decent sized one coming, uh, but it's not necessarily going to hit Earth, but it's going right. to pass extremely close. Yeah, yeah. And NASA is talking about like potential like. Uh, protocols for like if it's going to happen yeah yeah um on that side note yellowstone have you guys heard about that oh, yeah, yeah 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 the, like yeah. that's nuts yeah so because the, originally they thought that the yellowstone volcano uh would take thousands of years to build up but now they're saying it could be more like decades yeah, yeah to yeah, build yeah. up yeah. and in the past seven years it bulged 25 centimeters hmm. yeah that is a lot yeah i in heard seven years i heard about that yeah but yeah like like some sort of deep existential threat that threatens all of us yeah. would be like a unifying thing you right. would think but with humanity <laughs> you probably can never not tell. Yeah. because we're barbarians we're well, animals yeah. the ethereals even used um humans as that scapegoat <clears throat> like in one of their spheres i believe it was in the third hmm. that's because that's when they suffered their defeat and sure. they were sent back the ethereals actually whipped up the tau and kind of like a uh, painted humanity as like like one of the enemies of the Tau mm. and like we're able to use that to their advantage to con- like continue rationalizing like this uh, fight in this yeah, year of expansion yeah. Hmm. yeah interesting uh, ethereals not always the good guys <laughs> um, so for technology for me <laughs> sorry <laughs> I want to talk about Yellowstone <laughs> <laughs> so for technology for me and what I think of first when I think of Tau technology I think of their battle suits yeah um Christian always gives me crap because like he's like, do a tower army. I'm like, you would not like the tower army I would do. Battlesuits everywhere. Like I already love like mechs and battlesuits yeah. and Well, evidenced by your knights. Yeah. Like I was originally like my very first army was a tower army because I liked battlesuits. But that's like their key thing. And a battlesuit's like a one man piloted sometimes more. There are battlesuits that uh, are more some, than one. Some take two, yeah. Yeah, some even take the, three. The riptides. Do riptides? Sure, I'm not. I, don't I know. believe so. Okay, I know a couple do, um, but that's that's like their big thing. Like these mobile mechs that are able to bring like crazy weapons to bear and be anywhere on the battlefield that they need to be. Yeah. Um, they've also developed like rail rifles, pulse technology, ion weapons. Um, 
the, safe yeah, plasma weapons. That was a big joke. We were like, we we're discussing this, and and Mark's like writing what the tech is, and he writes safe plasma weapons, and I'm on my <laughs> iPad, and I see him write it, and I just giggle. <laughs> it's like, how do you kill a space marine captain? Give him a plasma pistol. <laughs> He'll kill himself. Yeah, it'll explode in his hand. Yeah, yeah, like, and a lot of these technologies they go into a lot of detail about, but whatever, we don't need to talk about it. Yeah. I'm not a scientist. It it is it's very different. Yeah, I I do like that they do give details. Like it just shows how much like is actually thought out about 40k when they tell you like how a pulse rifle hypothetically would work. Right. Um, yeah, it's kind of interesting. That that yeah. brings the sci-fi aspect. Like it, into it, it just makes the universe feel fleshed out and believable. Mm-hmm. Believable. Yeah. <laughs> What's not believable about it? Okay. Seriously. The emperor. What's, what's chaos, not be- chaos what's, gods? Yeah, but what's not believable about that though? Actually, like, if you think about it, the tower are one of the more feasible, you know, uh, oh, scenarios for yeah, the tower yeah. itself. No, I thought like, we were talking about the universe. Even oh. like the universe, like all the big scientists now are always going on about quantum theory and yeah. alternate dimensions and like, you know, all these random thi- multi the multiverse. Well, and, theories are just theories. Sure, theories yeah. are just theories. Until but, until I saw evidence of it, I would be hard pressed to say I believe in oh, like the alternate. Yeah, no, but if it happened, I wouldn't be like, holy, like you right, you would like, catch me off like, guard. Okay, sure, like that's how it you is know, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. I also don't believe in Harry Potter. But their magic is like magic. It's like actual magic. It's not based off science. Right. Where like the warp is based off science. I'm not buddy. willing to get into this conversation <laughs> like, with you again. Like it, it's a parallel universe yeah, of energy. Know. Like it's. It sort of seems like their version of magic. It it, it totally is their version of magic, <laughs> but it is based off of like actual energy. Like we got into the conversation. Like. I harness electricity all the time. Is that magic? No, it's just energy. Yeah. But like, to any primitive person. It doesn't matter what primitive people think though. But it totally does. Because if no, you're not if you're not able to harness it, which yeah. the Imperium cannot fully, the only one who really c- could would have been the Emperor Magnus would have had a good so, amount of control so over it. So I let's put it in a stupid term. Sure. I approach a tribeman and I'm wearing a pair of jeans and pants. Like I'm I'm wearing what I'm wearing you're right a now. God. But I'm not the, like their appearance of me. Like yeah. that doesn't make me a god. That doesn't make me not scientific. Didn't we That's did, just their, their mindset. Didn't we talk as well that um, like chaos, like corn, yeah, is technically not a god. He's no, just and the, I don't think he is either. But it's they, but they're called chaos gods, and people worship them as gods. So yeah. perspective has a lot to do it, with that. It does, but that doesn't change the underlying fact that it is based off of like actual energy which can be quantified and like like yeah like i i know yeah. I, I totally get what you're saying but i think the perspective actually has a lot to do with it i really do because if if we're talking about the emperor and how he like chooses like if he potentially chose this because he wants the worship like he is <laughs> trying to ascend and hit their everyone's perspective of him will change the reality sure yeah but and yeah, like you're right. You going to a bunch of tribes people in a jeans and shirt doesn't make you a god, but to them, you are a god. You bring a but gun. But to me, it's just science, right? And technology. Absolutely. But so to so everyone that- right now in the Imperium, the warp is unknowable. A, it's heresy to claim to know the warp. <laughs> and, and B, we huge, just don't huge tangent here. And B, we just don't have the the actual knowledge. Whereas if the Emperor comes, but along, that doesn't make it magic. That's my point. But to, to them, it does. 
No, to them it doesn't. To them it's still, like, it's still something that is existent. Like, it's still, yeah, okay. But it is magic to them. It's not. To them. Warp travel is not magic to them. It's based off scientific principles that they've made. It's technology that they've made. But it's still unpredictable. So if you can't... All technology can be unpredictable. Yeah, but we would understand why it didn't work. Like, if a gun fails, we know why. We're like, ah, this is clogged. This jammed. This clicked. Sure. If all of a sudden something gets lost in a warp storm, did you really, like, predict it? (laughs) Let's go around the table. Who do we... Who do you guys agree with, Rio? Do you think it's, like... You heard the argument. What do you think? (laughs) Jordan, okay. (laughs) Opened his mouth Science or magic? Uh, I think like I do. I do get that the Games Workshop tries to explain it as like a scientific thing, but at the same time, it there's no real like, if you know what I mean, like mechanism in which someone is like connected to the warp. Other than that, they are just like a living being. Hmm. And they're connected to the warp. So to me, that but also not every living being is connected to the warp. Like yes, the towel, yeah, yeah, right? yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So yeah. how do you, like yeah, like uh, to me, what's it's the like actual well, distinction. How yeah, could you create well, something that isn't connected? And that's why I say like, what is the mechanism that actually connects right. them to to the warp? In like, other than that, they have a soul, right? Like, I don't know. That seems kind of magical to me. <laughs> magical just that we don't understand it yet yeah like maybe, i'm willing yeah. to claim it's science i'm just also willing to claim that no one it's on- all it's all in your definitions of magic right it's it, it this yeah, comes it down be. to how how do you define magic really right sure yeah it does so we're all right we're all yeah everyone's us. right <laughs> quality all around uh, i'm glad we're able to come to this in a rational uh just let me text mark i didn't even trip. flip the table once either in this conversation <laughs> anyways i'm thankful for that i'm on where, the other side of the table so we're talking about safe plasma weapons <laughs> derailed <laughs> oh my goodness um yeah, we were just talking about how the universe, like, they, they do go into detail about pulse weapons, yeah. plasma weapons, and it's sweet. Like, it is cool. Um, and it is also pretty unique. I do like the uniqueness between all the races. Yeah. Right? Like, no one else has, like, ion and pulse stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. it's just cool, it, and it makes sense to me because they developed alone, right? No one came and helped them. Like, the Eldar didn't, um, like, oh. Ion technology, they took from uh, the Demiurg. Really? Yeah. Yeah, no, like, they, they do take technology from people. Is it take? Or was that the, the Vespids? No. Uh, no, they use... The like Vespids have the crystals. crystals. Oh, yes. Um, yeah. They... No, it's, like, equal trade. Like, you become... Right. It, you, they, you, they do, don't, you, you give what you can. Yeah, take implies force, but... Right. Yeah, they, it's not... They learned taken. it. Yeah. They learned it yeah, from... Yeah. I didn't know that it was from the Demiurg. Yeah. I don't really know anything about the Demiurg. I'm glad the one, the one example, they're like, oh, yeah, they, they didn't... It, was it, ha- just, it, it happened, happened to be the... Yeah, because if you're like, oh, the pulse rifle technology... Like, that was I theirs. Could, <laughs> you know, the one thing that was like, <laughs> specifically... Yeah, yeah. Um, and then probably the last thing is their lack of warp travel. They don't have real warp travel. And the key reason is because they don't have psychers. Yeah. So it's like they don't... It is interesting to me 
though um, that they can skim, which is technically touching a portion of the warp, yeah, if not fully submerging in it. Um, but they haven't developed like a warp travel. But also in their other races, like yeah. there are highly psychic beings, yeah. in the races that they've accepted into the fold. So I wonder when, like, when are they going to use that to their advantage? Um. Yeah, I'm not sure. Like, it's weird that like. Because there are a bunch of these different minor races that have warp capability. Yeah. And uh, I don't know, maybe they're just like, you can't give warp technology to the Tau. You can, but the Tau still wouldn't be able to use li- utilize it because they don't have psychers. Uh, a lot of, I believe it's the Nikasars. Yeah. But I could be wrong. But the Nikasars are a highly psychic race. Yeah, Is that- they Okay, are. so yeah. they actually pilot ships for the Tau. Yeah. Yeah, so it's just it's odd it, that it is odd that they, they're they like don't have their expeditionary travel. fleets don't. If, if I could make, there's only a couple things that I'd be really passionate about in 40k, like that Games Workshop should change. Yeah. First of all, um, they should give Tau uh, warp technology, like yeah. the ability for Tau to be all across the galaxy. I know they slightly are trying to uh, modify this with the Great Rift, and then a whole bunch of Tower lost, and now could be. All across the galaxy now potentially yeah. but just give them more technology somehow it, like it's even not unfeasible the, yeah like and even like don't give tau directly but like even the nescar like make them a bigger fact or a bigger uh contributor contributor mm-hmm. to actually give tau the ability to be a galaxy wide present because like we're talking like oh yeah the the tau now have eight star systems so yeah like it's remember not when we were much. talking about like it's not uh, even a full segmentum. Blow, yeah, blowing up like a million forty sectors. Yeah, and the Imperium's still fine. Yeah, yeah. Like you know what I mean? Like Tau it's a, is sweet. It's a small I, scale. Yeah, and I love Tau, but they're just not a galactic player. And that's it, one of the few things that I would like actively want Games Workshop to change. Yeah. And yeah. they totally could be. I I agree too. I was thinking about that after as I was reading about them. Yeah, like it's just because they're sweet. They're yeah. awesome. Like, yeah, they're but, really uh, cool. Yeah, they need something. They need a, an event of some sort. Yeah. And, and I mean, they don't have their eighth out yet. No, they don't. So, so that... it, it is conceivable that a lot will change between yeah. from the seventh to the eighth edition. Yeah, which I'm hoping for. Yeah, it, I, I'm totally looking for, like, new ships and something. Because the Tau, like, they have crazy cool, like, ships and, Yeah, like, that's the thing. And... If you could speculate, what, what do you think it would be that would be that would be their thing, you know, to make them galactic players? Well, they have introduced, like, a couple, like, super heavy battle suits like in the seventh from like the sixth to the seventh or from their most recent and and that was cool to me is that like they have to like keep pace with the other like machinate machinations of like the other races Mm. so they develop more and more and more powerful but like it comes a point where now they're going to have to develop a way to transfer like supplies and troops from one sept to the other in order to just protect themselves yeah so games workshop uh, the biggest thing that they've done is like they ripped the galaxy in half with that warp rift, right? And they lost the Tau lost an entire force sphere of expansion in this warp rift, so like they could end up across the entire galaxy now, and I think that's kind of the route they're gonna take. So, but if it was up to me, how I would make them a galactic player is I would just yeah implement like the Nescar or like even Crute have warp capability, and they just start. Bird people. Bird people. Like, <laughs> you know, like, they have a bunch of these races, and it would just be such an easy thing mm. to not even, like, you don't even have to say, well, now Tower Psychic. Like, they're right. just, now, the, 
the, they have a crew on every ship that is running their warp for them. Like, it's an easy change. Yeah. Doesn't really break any of their established <coughs> lore yet. Or, or even just claim that they're able to uh, technologically, like they they reverse engineer like warp travel from but, like a crew. But the it's the technology isn't what limits them. It's the fact that they don't have psychers, so they can't navigate in the warp, and they can't keep themselves like safe in the warp. It is more what it comes down to okay. in my mind. But if they were able to boil it down to more of a science, yeah. Would you really need a navigator, or could you scientifically say, like, I'm going to plot my course from here to here, and yeah. I can read the currents in the warp through this machine? Yeah, so they could do that, but then it it kind of takes away of, like, the deadliness of the warp. It does. Like, yeah, so the unpredictability me, Yeah, to it. me, it kind of takes away this awesome factor of warp travel, you know, mm-hmm. if they're just the like, danger. well, we just technologically avoid that. You know, it's kind of like... Yeah. It would be very unique, because it would yeah, give safe would. warp travel. Yeah. 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 If they, they did, did accomplish that, though, that would be huge. They, yeah, that'd be. But they also like that would make them a galaxy player for sure. But their race is also small and short lived, mm-hmm. so there there are limitations on them just because of that. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Tao. I like. They're cool. The battle suits are sweet. Yeah, I, I love battle suits. They um their army like the fire warriors have like two modes of like tactics. One is like an ambush, and one, one is like ka, and then one's yeah, kion. the kayom or something, yeah. and, and it's kind of cool. Like everything that they do is like centered around these things, mm-hmm. and they employ the battle suits like specifically for these purposes. Yeah, yeah, which is pretty cool. They and also like, sorry, go ahead. Oh, and like where you look at the imperial army, it's like you got space marines, they're doing their thing. You got imperial guards, they're doing. You got all these different factions doing their thing, having their own. Yeah, where the tau yeah. is, the fire warriors are their thing. Like. They're all working in, in unison together where that those battle suits are directly coordinating with those fire warriors, you know, yeah. and it's all a unified force where right. uh, it's, yeah. Yeah. There, I also was reading that um, they, and the Kayom, yeah. they use like a, a lure. It's like an ambush. Like they set like a trap for you. You go take it. And, but what they do consistently use as a lure, the other races. <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? Yes, they consistently <laughs> will use the other races as like bait, which is so that leads perfectly into our tales of the war. <laughs> no, we're not done talking languages. I want to just oh, the names. okay, okay. Yeah. you win this round. Eric, so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm really trying to just tease it out. Apparently, there. <laughs> uh, yeah. but the... you guys now know what my sex life is like. Just a little tease on. Yeah, I'm in there. <laughs> <laughs> There's no no subtlety. No. <laughs> yeah, Real she takes off so her. So uncomfortable. She takes off her sock, and that's all. That's all. Oh I my need. gosh. I'm not even a foot guy. I just. Oh my gosh. Anywho, okay, keep teasing, Eric. Keep um, teasing. No, the names of a town. Yeah, yeah. Are unique, and they're pretty cool. Yeah, like you can. You can get, like, where a Tau is from, their role, their... Yeah, um, so the way it's broken down is, like, the first thing in a person's name is their cast. And then after that, so, like, each cast has a different word. Like, shas is fire. Core, I believe, is air. And they each have their own thing. Un is ethereal. After that, they have their rank within the cast. The easiest is fire warriors, because it's, like, if you're a shas la... You're just like a basic foot, foot soldier. If you're a chassis, you, you're like a sergeant. 
or a veteran. If you're a Shasvir, then you're a veteran. If you're, you know, and they go up the scale. Mm-hmm. Right. There, um, uh, I, there was a table I found on Lexicanum that I really want to find. Yeah. Well, find it and I'll keep talking. Yeah. So that's the first portion of their name. It's their, their cast and their, their rank within the cast. Mm-hmm. The next part of their name is what planet or step, step they hail from. So if you hail from the planet Tau, your name, and you're an ethereal, your name would be like Unyu Tau. Uh, if you're a fire warrior from Valora, it'd be Shasla Valora. And then the final part of your name is personal accomplishments. And uh, I don't know why I keep going back to burger flick- flipping. But <laughs> if you're a seven-year vet at McDonald's. Oh, yeah. boy. Who do we know did that? <laughs> uh, then, you know, you get like Shasla Valora burger flipper. You know, and you get like these honorary names depending on yeah. what you've accomplished in your know, in your life, and yeah. you can have multiple honorary names. Yeah, like Commander Farsight, I think has like six. Oh, really? Six names, like or something like this. Yeah. Oh, it's long. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Shova is Farsight. Case, I believe, is Skilled, and then Mantra. I'm not sure what that one is, but yeah, they're they're long names. But uh, there's there's a table if you search up like cast system on Lexicanum. Yeah, there's a really cool table that shows like the cast, and then the rank that they'd have. So, like the lowest fire warrior would be a Shas Sal. So that is a a fire underling. How do you spell that? S A A L. Oh, yeah, that's like that their trainee before. rank. Okay, that wouldn't even be like military. That's like uh, yeah, it's when uh, you're just underling. Yeah, yeah, an okay, underling. Yeah. And then it goes okay, all the yeah, way up. So that to, yeah, that's why I've never heard it because on tabletop that isn't a thing. Yeah, because they wouldn't be there. They, yeah, right. exactly. Okay, yeah. no. That's and then cool. it goes all the way up to the chasse O, but in the in the middle there's chasse La, chasse Yui, chasse free, like all the way up, and it's really cool because you're able to determine exactly like what someone's rank is just by their name. Yeah, it is cool. And then what's cool is the ethereals, like their titles, like go from Lord, Prince, Prelate, King, Holy Ones, and then an on O would be like the highest of the holy. Yeah. Which is really cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a cool way to do it. So yeah, like it's like it's when, a built system. It has yeah. logic behind the language. Yeah. Um and then uh yeah, like when you're talking like if a firewer is talking to a firewer, they're not like Shasla Valora, blah 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 blah. Right. They're they're just saying like farsight, you know, uh, to each other. Not necessarily. If they're of equal equal rank, I heard it, or, it more has to do with um like the bonding ceremony. Like you'll yeah, for the like, most part you only use personal names. Did we talk about the bonding after ceremony? the Talisera? No, we can though. Yeah, yeah. So you you are right. Like if you know somebody, you're not like I don't always call you Eric middle name last name right I just call you middle name or your whatever your name <laughs> middle is. name i don't know <laughs> what's I don't, my name i don't fucking know no <laughs> <laughs> but yeah you're right like and then like the only person that calls me like my full name would be like my mom when she's mad at you right yeah which is all the time so. <laughs> uh but yeah there is like there's that but it's also like respect wise like yeah. sure i know your rank but yeah. we're equals yeah so uh you want to talk about the bonding Ritual? Do you know much? Uh, I, 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 I mean, you could probably um, say more about it, but it, it is cool. A, I think I don't cool. think there's a whole bunch to say. So just tell us. What do you like about the bonding ritual, Rio? 
I don't know. I I just think it's a cool part of their culture. Like it, it kind of it kind of um, symbolizes their you know their philosophy. You know, being lived out, right? Yeah, everyone's equal and everyone's getting the same cut to show that you're all like working together. Yeah. yeah. So so basically, they have ceremonial knives, right? Called yeah. They're called the, bonding knives. Yeah. Yeah. The only knives in the entire <laughs> Tao society. Yeah. Yeah, and they they basically cut themselves, right? And yeah, yeah. Like yeah. They, they they shed blood. Yeah, yeah. And it's like uh, showing that they're willing to like sacrifice for each other. Yeah, yeah. for the greater good. You know? Yes. And, and mostly fire warriors do this, but other castes do do this as uh, well. Yeah. It, it is also very ceremonial. Yeah. Right. Like, and, and then also the idea is that you've done this with someone, and then you carry the blade with yeah. you. It's yeah. like a sign of that you've done it. Right, and mm-hmm. that you have bled, and yeah. you're willing to bleed again. Uh, it also said uh, when like there's battle suits and they do it, they yeah. don't really carry the blade; they just paint it on their armor. Yeah, yeah. So that could be an, a, a cool distinction, especially when you're painting models. Like you have like a certain like a unit of like battle suits, and you paint the knife on them. Yeah, yeah. Which is yeah. kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. But it's called the Talusera, and it's more like it seems more important than like marriage, really. Like between, because I, I don't. I don't know if Tao do marry actually. I, yeah, I, don't I, I didn't really do. find anything, but they um, did say like that. This is like the most you could do for someone. Like, cause yeah, m- marriage isn't really the greater good. Like, no, you're <laughs> if anything, down procreation to... is the greater good. Yeah, so I don't. Yeah, think you'd almost do think good. marriage like would be antithetical because then right. you're loyal to like your family. Yeah, and then, then more loyal to your family than you are to the greater yeah. good. Yeah, and then let's say you have like this really potent male. And then, <laughs> yeah. uh, like, the female gets crippled during war, but now that male's still tied to that female who can no longer conceive. That's not right. for the greater good. So yeah. I'm going to say that marriage is probably not a thing in the Tao Empire. Yeah, and then it's just the Tao Lysera. Like, that shows their, like, respect towards each other. Yeah, and- yeah, yeah. And uh, that's one neat thing, too, about... Uh, uh, what am I trying to say? One neat thing about fire warriors is that male and female both go to war. Yeah. There's no distinction. There's between, no distinction. Like, their like, bodies are bred for war. Like, they're, they're equal in that sense. Like, either one can fight. And yeah, I have yet to see anything in here that dis- makes a distinction between gender. Yeah, like, because mm-hmm. it doesn't matter, like... Yeah. The females are just as represented as the males yeah, are. And then once you have a helmet on, you can't even tell the difference yeah, between exactly. male and female. Especially if you you know you have people complaining about boob plate, then uh, it really doesn't matter because you're not getting a boob plate and they're all wearing helmets. So right. for all anyone cares, everyone's a female. Now, the interesting thing here is that if you were to try and create like a cadre, a yeah. cadre, which yeah. is like a group of... Cadre. Cadre. Is it cadre? I think it's cadre. Okay. Yeah. If you're trying to create a cadre, which is what's considered like a commander would have command over a cadre. Yeah, it would be like the equivalent of like an Imperial Guard regiment. Or... Right, exactly. It has like a bunch of different parts to it. You yeah. know, you've got your battle suits, you've got your fire warriors, you've got your air support. Yeah. But in that, you were you could conceivably and should claim yeah. that half are female and half are male. Yeah. Right, but to say that, um, well, actually, I wouldn't say that. I would not? say two thirds are male, one third is female. Why would you say that? Just because women have to give birth, so that. Well, does we, I don't know how commission. the Tao give birth. I don't know either, but like you could, con- most you could conceive it through. You guys the should same stop assuming their gender gestation period. <laughs> you could. Just, I, you I could would assume that there would be some da- downtime though, just yeah. for giving birth and pregnancy. And, and stuff. because the Tao have such a short lifespan, it could be that it's like get the babies out there. Yeah, who knows? Right. I don't, I don't yeah. think they've really clarified. But to claim but that it's like all male or all female would be no. lorically false. No, like the only thing that is all male in the galaxy and will stay that way for all time yeah. 
Yeah, Space Marines. Ex- um, Astartes. Yeah, you know, of course. Because they're... Most excellent. <laughs> most excellent in all things. Okay, anywho. Yeah. I, Eric doesn't like me now. He's pissed. No, no, I'm not upset at all. I'm not upset. This is not... This is hardly the first time Mark and I have talked about the gender of Space Marines and what's currently kind of going on behind the scenes in GW. So, yeah. GW, if you're listening... Support the fans that actually support you. That's all was, I'm saying. I was actually doing like some reading on Twitter um, because Mark and I were talking about it. And this is an aside, but like we, we were talking about like what happens when female space marines become a thing. And I was like, well, like it's what the fans want because that's was my understanding. And Mark's like, well, no, like go actually look and read that. Like look at the number of people who want females versus males, and it does seem like more people voice for males yeah like which was it's surprising thing, like, to me, but it does seem that like the voices that are the loudest are always the most not annoying. even not even most <laughs> no what i meant was the voices that have the most pull like we're talking like authors of gw are yeah. the ones advocating for female space marines which well would, okay so First of all, no one's ever in Games Workshop has ever said anything about female space. Right. Yeah. They've just said more representation. Exactly. Which which, I'm all for. Like, I would love if they came out with a like a Fire Warrior upgrade kit where you can buy female female heads. Heads. That's all you need to do. Yeah. Just a blister pack of female heads. Boom. That would be sweet. Like, it just adds another element to your army. Yeah, yeah. Same with female guardsmen and whatever. The this Val is a Hallens huge. And, yeah, let, this is let's, a huge, let's save this. Yeah, let's save it because oh, it is. But, it but is, I guess I think for me the thing is is like if they're doing it to enhance the story and make the or make the universe better, then I'm all for it. But if yeah. they're doing it for like ideological reasons, because it's like the flavor of the month to then, no, to have female, re- yeah, then it's just like yeah. that's retarded. You're not actually doing anything. Yeah, but like <laughs> so female. Fire Warriors, that's yeah. a thing. Like, their and main leader right been. now yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, is a woman yeah, and yeah. has been for 10 years. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It is a part of the lore. Same with, like, Imperial yeah, Guardsmen. Yeah, like, she like, is the number one tactician over the entire Tau Empire. Yeah, and, like, yeah. There's, that's sweet, sure. Yeah. By all means. Like, it doesn't take away from the lore. It doesn't... It adds to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. But, I, yeah, I know what you're saying. Like, the and once again, the only thing is if they did female Space Marines. Yeah, That's the yeah. only thing they can't do and shouldn't I do. agree. I agree. Because... It's been so built into the into the ethos of what like a space marine is. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I think it is kind of silly to make them. Yeah. And you you know people are just doing it just for like uh like yeah a cultural thing. Right? Yeah, like absolutely. It, it, and that just, that doesn't exist in the Warhammer universe. Yeah, like right. <laughs> I, I make this one quote in the grim darkness of the far future. There is only equality <laughs> it's like, no there's only war and genocide yeah, and yeah, hatred and yeah. xenophobia like yeah, yeah. this is not a good place to live totally like, yeah yeah <laughs> you know it is it is definitely a, a topic like for almost an you entire know, episode you know what we should do we should do an episode label it trigger warning <laughs> just, just so i can rant like if you don't want to hear my misogynistic views <laughs> SJWs and the Warhammer Just ignore that episode. That way we won't lose any people. Yeah, yeah. just don't listen to it. I love females. I love my wife when... (laughs) It sounds like it, especially when you just one sock off and you're ready to go. Right? I love women. Sounds like you respect her a lot. (laughs) Yeah. Hmm. But it is is a good topic. It's good discussion to have. Um, Unfortunately, now is not the time, even though it's like right on everyone's lips right now. Everyone's talking about it. I know. 
So it would be worth like a separate episode. Would you? Would, would absolutely. Should we? Okay. Yeah. That's I'm, all I meant. I am then. more than willing to do that with you. Okay. We should get Christian in on that one. Too. Yeah, he wants to. Yeah. yeah. Um, but. As of this point, I don't know. I don't, I don't think there's anything else I'd like to add in for Tao when it comes to lore. I think this episode's been a pretty good uh, tangent episode. We've got like <laughs> we've gone on Yellowstone. A, and yeah, yeah. yeah. You guys want to do Yellowstone? <laughs> you guys want to do a Yellowstone episode? <laughs> it's so cool. And like the thoughts of what would happen if it actually exploded. Oh man! Like we're dead. Like yeah. we live. We live in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Um, which is like the dumping ground for oil insults. Apparently, everyone <laughs> yeah. just loves to paint us as like evil oil mongers. Stop driving your car, bitches! <laughs> <laughs> Stop using your Tupperware, which is made yeah. from plastic. Like, get out of your canoes, yeah. which are made from plastic. Anyway, or, or yeah, or stop buying like petroleum products that are produced yeah. by like dictators in the Middle East. Right, exactly, <laughs> and Anyways, South America. But <laughs> um, besides all that, like, another tangent. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying, if Yellowstone explodes, we die almost yeah. instantly. <laughs> Perfect. It's, it's so cool. Anyway, so. Yeah, I won't have to go to work on Monday. Then. Right, exactly. Yes. <laughs> Are you gonna try and make like a work joke at least once? Well, I episode? have to now. Yeah, yeah. It's the... your, it's your bit. <laughs> it's your thing. Yeah. It's your what? What? What's up, Willis? Um, okay. Well, with that being said, uh, like Mark, is there anything else you want to add about the Tau? Something you feel we missed or didn't expand upon enough? No. Um, space communism. What's not to like? <laughs> yeah. Real. I like it. I'm I'm always down for space combat. Yeah, so like uh, when you have... I like, always say better dead than red, but that's just... <laughs> <laughs> you fit right in with humanity, Jordan. I think I do. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, I know for you, Rio, when you do very rarely play 40k with us, you do play the Tau army that I have, so... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's something that... It just... The, the aesthetics of them, it looks sweet, like... It does, yeah, yeah. And then the lore, obviously, yeah. is pretty sweet to learn about. And too. also, they play a lot different than other armies because they're almost exclusively long range, right? Yeah, like, so even like their most melee oriented guys, which are the Crute, suck. Yeah, they're not they're good. They're not good. Like, no, yeah. they're they're not going to beat Acadian, really. They, they actually will statistically, but not by much. Like, it could go and, either way. Yeah. Like, but, they're, and their tech just is it's built on long range. Yeah, like, yeah. and, and it, it is a unique faction where everyone else is wielding these giant chain swords and being all rowdy and just trying to get gore splattered all over <laughs> yeah, themselves. Like, yeah, no, they're they're, they're fun to play because you you know you're kind of trying to you know spread them out and then you know catch everybody else in a cross pincer move, yeah, exactly. force them out. Yeah, it tactic, was, tactic, tactics. Well, that's yeah, and that's part of like what's built into the Tau. And yeah. I also did read an interesting thing is that the Tau have no desire to hold ground. Their only purpose is, like, if it's an enemy, seek it out and destroy it. Yeah. There's no reason to hold and, like, try and, like, hold a defensible position. It's like, we have superior technology, take advantage of it, and just destroy your enemies. Yeah. Yeah, I, I read that their war tactics are based on their uh, their hunting, like, from, from... From way back when? From way back yeah. when they were planes, you know, planes yeah. people and stuff like that, which is cool. Yeah. Yeah. It just shows that, like, like the entire society, it seems, like has stayed strong together for this entire period of time mm -hmm. so which yeah. is cool yeah it's nice that some people can get along it's not for me personally <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's good that someone can yeah all right uh then i guess without much further ado let's step into the tales from the warp ethereals let's uh talk about what they do what they don't do what we speculate on them 
Um, and this is this is the probably the part where it's going to take the brightness of Tau and like the greater good, and it's going to kind of topple it a little bit. How dare you? It'll put some doubt in your mind. <laughs> it should put some doubt. You should question your leaders. <laughs> How dare you question anything the Ethereals do? They have nothing but the best intentions. <laughs> exactly. For us. I love that you're brainwashed, Marcus. <laughs> Um, but it is it. This is a topic worthy of discussion. Yeah, because they have this control over the rest of them, and it's not quite sure where it comes from. Yeah, and this is like the thing is so the the main topic is like how how do the ethereals actually exercise this crazy amount of control over this you know star system spanning empire? Just this few, this small cast. And they make all the decisions. It's unquestioned. Like, it's loyalty to the point of death and sacrifice. So how do they do it? Just politeness. They're just really nice guys. Yeah, like, they're just like, can you please go die on that planet for me? It would mean a lot to me. <laughs> and the, and the like, fire warrior goes, yes, since sir. Since you asked nicely. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but I think that, um, like, A, it's 40K. Nothing in it is good and pure. No, goodness, no. <laughs> uh, so There's only equality in 40K. We know this. Right, exactly. <laughs> but nothing in it, like, is good. Yeah. There's Everything always, always has some twisted background Some to kind it. of undertone in yeah. it. Some kind of malevolent thing. Yeah. Because, like, there's just... It's impossible. Like, just people get in the way and chaos gets in the way. And, yeah. You know, personal greed and ambition. And maybe... There is, uh, I guess I'll say this as a, as a disclaimer, it is completely possible that the greater good is actually the greater good, and the Tao only follow the Ethereals just because they believe in the greater good. Yeah. That, that is completely possible. Yeah. But I don't believe it. Yeah. There has to be something else going on. So, let's start with um, what could be a scientific explanation of it, and okay. that's that organ. Yeah. So the ethereals, like, in that slit, they actually have, like, an organ up there, uh, which every time that, like, a human scientist has ever, like, done, like, a biopsy on, like, one of these ethereals, it's benign. So it doesn't do anything, like, uh, apparently. But yeah. there's also the thought that maybe the ethereals they're getting are duds. Yeah. So, like, the organ, like, isn't working at capacity, or they somehow have the ability to, like, remove its function, like, at death, so that no one else can find out what it is or what it does. Yeah. But there is speculation that one what, of the scientific Did we say reasons, what that was called? The organ? Yeah. I don't think it has a name. I thought I it was called, like, the coral? No, that's the race that they think it... Um, oh, um, okay, sorry. Yeah. So, one of the ways that the scientists think it might function is that they are exuding like they're excreting a pheromone yeah through this organ which is similar to what the coral do so the coral are a race that um they communicate through pheromone okay so they like send it out and it tells like hey there's this good planet for eating over here and this chick is hot you should go sleep with her she's good lay and stuff <laughs> like that huh <laughs> it's markets pheromone <laughs> that's how that's all they talk about i swear Interesting. Uh, so then there's speculation that maybe this um, organ actually just gets out a pheromone that just mind alters 
like the like the a Tao's ability to like function and make decisions for themselves and makes them compliant. Yeah. Right. Because it is it is odd when you read Lexicanum. The number of times you'll find that someone like in the articles, it will say if an ethereal ever told a Tao to kill itself, they would do it unquestioningly and with you know instantly. And yeah. It, it is like. I'm reading from page after page. It is on every page. Like, yeah. they stress this fact. And, and that could be one of two things. It could be literally, like, the cow, the Tao will do that. Or it could be, like, uh, more of, like, a metaphor almost. Like, um, they tell the fire warrior to go die on that planet, like, for the greater good. And right. the Tao will happily do it. And it's not so much, like, go shank yourself in the neck. Yeah. It's more go sacrifice yourself for the greater good. Right. So it could be one of these two reasons, yep. but most likely it's it's more that pheromonal control potentially. Right. Yeah. Like, the thing is, every Tau obviously would kill themselves in a battle scenario for the ethereal, yeah. and that would be like the only way I could see an ethereal asking the question is, please go sacrifice yourself for the planet. But if an ethereal ever did go on a power trip and ask a Tau to kill themselves by shooting themselves in the head. Yeah. Do they do it? Maybe. I, like, the so, only evidence I have in front of me says yes. Yeah. They do it. So then yeah. it's like, yeah. why? Yeah, so... Why would they do that? That pheromone could be could be a powerful thing. Yeah. And that could be maybe it. Yeah, it, it could be that it just uh, alters everyone around them. When the ethereals came, they were described coming in on lights. Bright lights, yeah. Bright lights, which could be you know ufos or whatever like the the coral could have taken the ethereals give them that in that organ and brought him back to the planet yeah why who, who knows, knows? Um, yeah that's what i was wondering so were the when the ethereals came yeah were they because they weren't they weren't there from the beginning right they weren't no. one of the four original you know kind of uh, no chemists, they weren't right? they no. appeared <clears throat> in the montau yeah, yeah. Yeah, so were they maybe genetically engineered by another species? So you think? That is definitely possible. Um, this is all speculation at this point. So it could be like a deliberate genetic engineering on like the ethereal's part. Maybe like at some point, like they had alien contact because humans contacted them way long ago. Yep. Maybe some were taken off planet yep. for some reason. Oh, and yeah. then the ethereal's kind of learned like, it's not just us, you know, we're not alone. And then that's where they, you know, gain this extra organ or over the next thousand years, they change and adapt yeah. and they get all this wisdom. So that is a possibility for yeah. the ethereals. Another one could be that they have psychic abilities. Yeah. They're like the only Tau yeah. that has any kind of psychic connection. And that's much more sinister. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because with the whole pheromone thing, they might not actually be aware of it themselves. Right. It could just be like, everyone listens to me when I talk. So obviously yeah, like, I'm going to tell everyone what to do. Cause and, I could... and this is my place in society now. Like Exactly. Yeah. It's more of like, a, we don't understand why, but I will use this, you know, this is where I fit in yeah. society. I yeah. fit because people tell me, listen, when I tell them where, what to do. Where if it's a psychic thing and they tell a Tao to go kill himself, like he is actively like making the Tao do right. it. Also it's if, mind control. Also, if they were psychic too, they they could be uh, susceptible to chaos, right? Right. Yeah. 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 It's a two-way street. Yeah. Like if you use it, it can use you. So that and that is like a much darker look at it because you have this entire race that claims to be doing something for the greater good, and it's like, but actually, 
they're just as twisted as everyone else's and they've fooled an entire empire yeah. into believing that what they're doing is like for the good of the people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Another thing that it could be too is uh just the common Tao's fear of the Monta Montau. Yeah. Um so they they listen to the to the ethereals unquestionably because the ethereal saved them way back then and now it's like well the ethereal must know what they're talking about like i gotta listen to them otherwise like bad things are gonna happen so he tells me to go shoot myself i'm gonna go do it because there has to be like if i don't are we all gonna fall back into montau right like and it could be like this like over the centuries and millennia this like inbred fear that just like they're just so deathly afraid of that happening and that's why they follow it yeah um could it be respect i you (laughs) you know it's possible it is anything is possible like i don't like it but i don't i don't like i don't believe that anyone like is capable of viewing themselves i don't okay maybe one person one person absolutely is capable of saying like i'm willing to sacrifice everything i am for this but the whole an entire species yeah and now you have all these races that don't think like tau yeah that are also willing to accept this Hmm. that seems odd well so then that would give credence to psychic potential because the pheromones wouldn't necessarily work on other races yeah and but not like everyone ex- comes into the greater good so that's what you could say like the pheromones aren't strong enough to accept some people yeah so you could say some people have like a lower tolerance to this than others yeah because some humans actually go into the fold but you don't. can follow their logical pos- progression why they sure. join like it's not like it's not like a tau's walking on the battlefield and like and then the people are you like, know pointing at like different xenos and yeah. like now you do this like it's not <laughs> yeah. like it's not I'm like that. I'm just picturing them like you, you're you're making that walking motion. I just picture like a towel like striding down the battlefield. Hate is gonna like, hate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that walk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So it could be could be psychic that they are like actually psychically and like controlling all these other races and the towel themselves. Yeah. Could be. There's um. <clears throat> there's a couple things like I I want to share, kind of that really paints the picture of the greater good not actually being as good as what we claim yeah like it could all be just propaganda yeah like a massive sham yeah communist loves propaganda mm-hmm. it's one of their things so yeah um everything's all well and good so we we mentioned before about the Pactruns, which is the actual very first race that the tau uh folded in to the empire um, and we said they didn't last that long. Why? <laughs> well, <laughs> the reason being is that there was a plague or a disease that after the Tau accepted them into their fold, uh, this disease ravaged the Pactruns and eliminated Wiped them. Wiped out the entire race. As a race. They're gone. Yeah. yeah. And then the Tau are like, oh, well, and they inhabit their world. Side Conspiracy? Coin, coin side A. It was just an unfortunate occurrence. Yeah, because, like, if an alien microbe came onto our planet, it could release something crazy. It absolutely crazy. could, we and kill not, all of us. Yeah, and it's totally unintentional. Yeah. Well, even, uh, like, the... If you think uh, when all the settlers came from Europe, they, like, wiped out the indigenous populations because of diseases. Yeah. Like, yeah. But some of that was intentional. No. Smallpox blankets? Oh, 
Yeah, but some of it came from like rodents and vermin. Right, but yeah. also some of it was deliberate. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But probably not most of it. Right. The but. initial like us bringing the. That- but you you could conceive that like those people wouldn't have the same like adaptations that people. Yeah, in absolutely, yeah. and and that's definitely a possibility. Yeah. But side B of the coin. The the thing is like. They have technology. Yeah. Yeah. So they right? they like, are a spacefaring race. They've able to cross systems. Like yeah. How how have they not prepared for that eventuality? Or, and, yeah. How do they not have medical sciences? To it do was it? after they were folded in. They already had had a bunch of contact with this alien species before this happened. Yeah, because I guess it's not like you meet the planet and, and then, then the next like, day. Yeah, like no, there's it's probably years. years of talks and yeah, of negotiating with these people, like bringing you into the greater. First good. of all, even just trying to understand them exactly. Like, so this verbally. is not a, this is not quick. That the, they would have and and diseases are rampant, right? Mm-hmm. Like they they go and they just take. So this it's more of like. It seems like a tragedy when I hear about it, but it's like, where did this come from? So side B of the coin is that the Tau did it. (laughs) Like they accepted this race into their fold. They get on their planet. They take all the good things that they like from these people. Yeah. And then they wipe them out. They release. (laughs) Like like using like uh, biological biological warfare. Yeah. Yeah. Like they release a disease that they engineer. Yeah. That completely destroys this race and leaves the Tau untouched and the Tau are free to take their planet. Yeah. And it could be for the greater good. So. Absolutely. Yeah. What, if, what if they thought the Pokshroons could eventually evolve into something yeah. that, um, you know, is, is dangerous or, or bad for the greater good or yeah. something? And at this point, too, it's the first alien race. It is the first come. one. So it's like they could think like, oh, this is like the only other alien race out there. If we eliminate it, like the galaxy's ours. Right. But then they keep running into more and more and more. And that's why they're not just like. Yeah biological weaponing everyone because then they kind of realize it's also difficult to do that to a race that's already galaxy spanning yeah because then you'd have to hunt down yeah race whereas this pocktroon it was just on one planet yeah Mm -hmm. so it's it's like if you believe that it was just a coincidence and a you know just a tragedy that's one thing then you're a fool but it (laughs) it like i could conceivably see this as a targeted attack yeah yeah like that that right there shows that is not that is not nearly the peace-loving Tau yeah. that, like, is kind of painted <laughs> yeah. in the Codex. Yeah. <laughs> like, especially after they had been accepted. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I personally still think it could have easily been an accident. It could have been. Absolutely. Like You kind of think... My only counter to that would be, like... Is there any evidence that the, that the Tau, like, tried to reverse the disease or cure the disease is there any evidence that like they tried to do something that would have tried to save this race of people because if not i would almost lean towards a theory that it it was more intentional yeah like i i think there's really only the one sentence on the pock and yeah. that's that like they it was the first aliens that they contacted yeah uh they got them into the fold and then they died of a disease yeah like, uh, i think it's only that yeah all it says is they were a xenospecies from being the first sentient race to join the Tau. However, within a few generations, <laughs> generations. Yeah. yeah. So they had time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Disease destroyed the indigenous population. The Tau, who were immune to the plague, inherited their home world. <laughs> yeah. Seems pretty sketchy. Seems pretty sketchy. I don't sketchy. know. I don't think you can trust a space commie. <laughs> 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 I don't know. Yeah. So it, 
it does seem a little bit coincidental. And at yeah. this point, like, they're listening to the Ethereals. The Ethereals are the ones calling the shots on yeah. everything. Yeah. Right? So that was that is my point number one. Of Tau not being of, good. Of yeah, of there being a sinister force lurking behind this. <laughs> yeah. And not nearly as accepting as they are. Point number two. The Vespid uh, species is an insect-like race, and um, the Tau encountered them, and they tried to make communication with them, but the water cast, for however long they spent, because they're the ambassadors yeah. of the people, they, they couldn't do it. They could not communicate with this like buzzing insect race. Yeah. Uh, the Ethereals step in, give them communication helmets, headsets, yeah. and instantly... These bugs are compliant and part of the fold. Yeah, and it's not like, okay, now we can understand each other. Now let's work on a piece. Right. So it says instantly they become compliant. Strange. It is... It's a red flag. (laughs) (laughs) You know? Like, you know, I'm not saying that it's it's direct evidence. I'm saying we should be wary of joining the commies. Don't put any (laughs) helmet on that they give you. No, exactly. That's what it is. Like, it's, oh, it's a gift. You know, it'll help us communicate. No, you lose your ability to make the decisions as soon as you put this helmet on. It's it's stocked with the pheromones or it's like a psychic receptor that makes you more susceptible to like the ethereals it could manipulation. even be just straight technology too like absolutely brain tap thing that yeah it's like the angron spike taps you know sure. it, it's a lobotomy sure it could be right Probably like no but well no not an insect brain <laughs> but like all i'm saying is that's number two like the ethereals <laughs> are not Maybe they are not as benevolent as, like, the greater good that idea would have Propaganda. you believe. Third, third argument, Farsight. Yeah, as soon as the Ethereals in Farsight's uh, hunter cadre or yeah. sphere of expansion die, he he does something that no Completely other town unexpected. does, and he starts his own thing separate from the greater good. Right. So it's like, okay, so the psychic link between them is broken. He can see clearly now. He's like, whoa, that's not good. Right. He creates his own empire. Exactly. Like, so he's he's kind of like he's under the con- not control, but he's listening to the ethereals. Like they are directing his path. He's determining how they take the steps. Right? Like, he's commanding the war, but you always have the ethereal watching your back. Yeah. And, like, kind of guiding you. Yeah. So then, all of a sudden, his ethereals die. A regular Tau is expected of them to go back to the Empire to get new ethereals. Yeah. But, like, he already knows what his goal is. Yeah, he's, why does he's he, why does pushing he have the sphere to have, of expansion. Like, yeah, why does he have to have an ethereal? Like... Is, is he incapable of making decisions? No, he's the leader of the entire expedition. Yeah, he's a brilliant tactician. Like, he doesn't need an ethereal there to tell him exactly. how to run a war. Yeah, like, ooh, like, tell your guys to shoot that. Like, I'm the tactician. Like, give it a break, ethereal. <laughs> so then what what happened to him from when his ethereals died that he realized, I need, like, to step out yeah. of this, right? So that is also, like, an interesting... I thought you said before, though, that he was doubting even before that. He was. He was. There was when he was fighting. Um, there were a, there was a portion of time where he was watching his soldiers die, and he felt like it was in vain. He's like, "This isn't worth it. Like, how can this? How can the sacrifice of my soldiers be for the greater good? Like, when their life could have meant something. Like, does their death really mean anything?" Yeah. And another portion was uh, he was in a battle, and he's requesting support for his troops because, like, you told me to go get this. 
and we're losing. So send me reports. Uh, send me, jeez, reinforcements. reinforcements. I'll get, you know, <laughs> words, uh, right? He's like, send me reinforcements so I can actually take this. And he's denied. And he's like, well, what am I supposed to, are my guys supposed to just die? And like, you consider that for the greater good? Like, that's not good for them. Right. And so he, he has these doubts and all of a sudden his ethereals come like maybe it, to me, it shows that mental block, right? Like if it's a pheromone, like you're like a weak mind is susceptible. Yeah. If it's, if it's the warp, a weak mind. So like, if you want to believe it, why would your mind ever question it? Like yeah. as a regular Tao, you want to believe that the greater good is for the greater good. Yeah. But when you already have those doubts in your mind and all of a sudden the blanket is lifted, yeah. like you accept that reality instead of deny it. Like a regular fire warrior would deny those thoughts and say like, no, it's impossible. The greater good is the greater good. Yeah. But someone like him, he's more like, I have been having these thoughts and all of a sudden my mind is clear because the ethereals are gone and they're no longer bombarding me with their pheromones Mm. or with their psychic will and now i can think clearly for the first time think clearly and actually react yeah because now i don't have anyone telling me what to do like i'm the commander i know what's right yeah so Hmm. i i see a lot of the tau empire being like starship troopers and like their propaganda videos that they have i never saw that okay have have either of you guys no yeah i've seen it yeah where it's like I, I don't know I don't remember I haven't seen the movie in a long time the exact quote but it's like it's always like join and you can see distant places and like yeah, yeah. all these like meet new life forms and it's like <laughs> happiness and stuff but really when they get to the front line it's like just crazy mm. but uh yeah I think that's pretty common like even like even when you look at our commercials for like joining the the armed forces <laughs> it's like see different it is honestly it's yeah. like see new places yeah. learn new yeah, skills yeah. but really it's like join our military yeah, <laughs> yeah. go shoot right. people right yeah. so it, like propaganda is going to be there no matter what so then it's yeah. just it's a reinforcement so yeah and they're just constantly hearing like oh yeah we've taken this new planet the ethereals are great right you exactly know? it's like how much of this is being shoved down your throat and you're not being shown the other side um, I wonder too, like, if they they actively cover stuff up too, like, um, what if someone wants to leave the empire? Yeah, like they don't allow it. Like they they're they're watching Farsight and like making sure that he's contained and no one's allowed to go talk to him. No one's yeah. allowed in his area of space to go communicate with him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like, what happens? So the humans, the Gavessa, yeah, right. So they they were like, oh man. I want to join the greater good. What happens if all of a sudden they're like, this isn't for me? Death. death. Like when, when you are in contact with the Tao, you have two options. Join them or die. Right. So if you join them, your life's going to be good, potentially. But if you don't, they're going to kill you. Like, right. Like that, that doesn't seem like... Obvi- and Are they though? Is there precedent for that? Yes. Yeah. Like they do claim, like they're the first when when Tau first contact an alien race, the first thing they will do is always try and communicate with them. But if you repeatedly refuse their attempts at negotiation into the greater good, they will annihilate you. Yeah. Like the orcs, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. But just, like even like so, let's say the Tau go to like a planet. They meet like this race that isn't really even space faring, or maybe they are. They're just solar system faring though. Sure. Like they're not anything crazy. Like the Tau could just leave them alone. Right. Like. The Tau don't need to wipe out that race if they don't want to join the good. 
but they do. Yeah, absolutely. Like it's like with us or against us. Yeah. And like that it's that shows a darker side than what I would assume the regular person knows about the greater good. Because yeah. I bet like in like the Earth cast who primarily stay on like their already habited worlds and um probably to some lesser extent the water cast. Yeah. Like cuz I would assume like the only people who have contact with like aggressive alien races is going to be fire and air and ethereal. Like, and, and water. Water the I ambassadors guess, yeah. to some degree. Yeah, yeah. But like the regular merchants? No. Probably not. No. Yeah, the bureaucrats. Yeah. But like are those guys just indoctrinated with the fact that like the greater good like everyone is accepted in the greater good and we you know we like all races but that's not necessarily true like if you don't join the greater good you are branded as like an enemy yeah, yeah. so and, and like part of it I, I get like you need to protect your interests but still like sometimes like back to that example like yeah. you could just leave that yeah, race they're not a threat the to planet. you like do you really need to go mess up everything but I, they I think going? from the perspective of the, of the Tao um like they advance so quickly, so I think they could. They realize that other races, even if they aren't at that place at the moment, that they could advance and be a threat in the future. What if to yeah, the greater good? Yeah, maybe okay. that is a thing. Yeah. If a culture is built entirely on peace, but let's say they are uh, xenophobic, so they the Tao reach a world where like there's no conflict or war on this entire planet, but the people hate other races. They refuse to contact them. They refuse to deal with them. Um, they just deny them. They're like, like, don't land here. No one's going to talk to you. No one's going to trade with you. No, We don't want anything to do with you. We're just peaceful. The Tao can't stand for that. Like, they aren't accepted into the greater good, so they're enemies. Yeah. Like, that's a black mark, right? That's a red flag right yeah. there. It's sort of cultish almost. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Right, and like, depend, depending on your perspective of it, it would absolutely be... Like, you have the leader who's making all the decisions that people blindly follow. Mm-hmm. Communism. Okay, here, wait. <laughs> I'm going to play the devil's advocate yeah. for the greater good. So <laughs> I think, let's say that, that ethereals do, they do manipulate people through pheromones, let's say. Yeah. Let's say they did kill the Pactrins and they do, you know, they do this other stuff, right? They, they did mind control the Vespids and that kind of stuff. So the that the ethereals they they kind of serve as kind of Plato's idea of philosopher kings, right? And ultimately their philosophy is like complete utilitarianism, right? So like considering all of that, um they're really just following their philosophy and they're pushing it cuz all of this could be actually for the greater good. Yes. For for the like the galaxy. Yeah. So okay. Like and it's if not you, malicious. No, so it's not actually malicious. Well, that's not necessarily true. Which part? It not being malicious. It absolutely is malicious, just because I don't agree with your philosophy. Is that no, worth yeah. killing me? Even if my philosophy might be more peaceful and more actually but for the But that is the good? philosophy. Is that, it, right. is that your death so, is for the greater for, good. So from your perspective, from yeah. the Tao's perspective, from a fire warrior who is raised in the greater good, yeah. he's doing the right thing. Yeah. From anyone outside looking in, it is a horrific crime. Right. Yeah, but like but so, this is the philosophy, though. It but is, that's what I'm saying, is that yeah. the greater good isn't actually that good. But like, okay, so... It depends on perfect. whose perspective. And the perspective I'm looking at is the race that was just slaughtered because even though they were peaceful, they refused to come into the greater good because their idea is better. Yeah, but I, I would argue that um, from, the, from even how they've 
kind of expanded and their history compared to, you know, the other races, it actually looks a lot better. Oh, even, absolutely. Even for the humans, like they can still worship the emperor. They can still live their lives. Yeah. Like, like it, would it be so bad even coming under the, the ethereals? It doesn't, I don't think so. No. I'd, I I'd almost rather be under the ethereals than the Imperium. I would actually. You, like, if Kruvasa. you would, if, if you would prefer to lose the individuality that you have and the ability to choose, then yes. I mean, I'm not saying there's a lot of that in the Imperium. In the Imperium, if you don't agree, I'd say you're there's more die. of that though in the Imperium. Mm-hmm. Like here, they let you worship in what their minds would be a false god. Yeah. Like they they, they give you a, a fair amount of autonomy. Apparently. Yeah. Like yeah. even like Kroot, like. They find Kroot disgusting when they eat the flesh of the dead, but they allow them to do it, like, because they realize that's their culture. Yeah. Not the Tau. They don't allow Kroot to eat Tau Right, but that makes sense. Yeah, like... Like, That makes sense. Yeah, it really does. And they would just get a taste for, like, for Tau, which are their, you know, they're working with them, so... Yeah, it's like, if I ate you, they don't care if they... Because we're friends. If I ate Jordan, perfectly fine. (laughs) (laughs) Like, if... If, let's say, in a hunter cadre, there's uh, some Tau contingents, Kroot contingents, and Demiurg contingents, or Vespids. Yeah. Like, when the Vespids or Demiurg die, the Tau don't care if the Kroot eat them. Well, that's probably between the Kroot and the... Right, but yeah. how... Like, that shows me the Tau don't actually care about the other ones. They're like, well, what matters is that you don't eat us. But it's even not though, that... Well, it's maybe not that they don't care. It's maybe that they just... They don't... F- like, like, they're like, if the Demiurg don't care if they get eaten, yeah. the Demiurg don't care, then we don't care. Do you think a human would care? Um, like, if you and I are fighting together and, and you die, yeah. like, am I going to want a Kroot sticking its head inside your innards, or am I going to want to honor you and bury you? I don't know. You That's actually me. a good question. <laughs> like, for the most part, I would yeah, say... You'd want to bury you. I want to bury you. Yeah. I want to show you honor, like, we fought together, you but, died, and I lost... So I'm going to be like, no, you can't eat him, but, so but the Tau aren't going to enforce that. What if, uh... You fought with the Demiurg. Yeah. No, no, sorry. You fought with the Kroot, and you actually got to know the Kroot. Yeah. And then he's like, man, I'm really hungry, though. Can I please just eat them? Like, it helps me, like... But it, it's they just don't wasteful do it. not to... It's also, it's also cultural for them, right? It's yeah, an honorable like, thing to yeah, eat like, the dead. Yeah, like, they eat their own dead because it's like, they right. absorb the spirit, and it's like, yes. they will live on forever. But, I like, me for me, I'm like, well, no, in my culture, we yeah. don't eat. Yeah, and then I don't think the crew would make any fuss about yeah, that. Yeah, like like, like but, the crew don't try to eat the towel. It'd be but the same I, thing. But it, but how? Why do they not try to eat it? Do they not do it because they have a respect for the towel, or because they're being psychically altered or pheromoned up, saying you are not allowed to do this? I think it's more. But how could a, fer- a pheromone though wouldn't even affect other races? Yeah, that's I'm, the weird thing. That's not necessarily true at all. If like. Like, you can alter what someone's thinking by, like, like it can make them more compliant. Okay, my real-world example to this is cats. Yeah. Cats exude a pheromone that make um, predators in their area view cats as, like, weak, small, and not a threat. So they're, they, ex- they excrete this pheromone that makes them seem small in their territory, and you're more likely to accept them. <laughs> they have found concentrated forms of this in humans that we call crazy cat ladies. <laughs> These crazy cat ladies have, like, this pheromone inside them, like, skyrocketed amounts, hmm. which is an almost scientific reason of why they actually have all these cats in their house. Hmm. 
that shows you that a cat is able to alter what a human's perception is. Yeah, sure. So is it so difficult but to think that... That's also on the same it, planet, though. Is like, it so difficult to think that these ethereals, which were potentially taken off planet, altered, and brought back, have a thing that could expand all races? Yeah, but... That would so, be insanely powerful, though. But it yeah. doesn't affect everyone. There's a limit. And that's so, why some humans are, are kept under it, because they want to think it's good. I don't there know. There has to I'd, be that willingness I'd have to, I, to live I under think, it. I think, like, some humans just, they accept the philosophy, because yeah, it's, like it's it, actually a completely it, reasonable it philosophy. It really it is, yeah. Or is it because <laughs> the pheromone twists it I don't in their brain so. because all I, you have to do yeah i don't think that all you have to do argument. is look at like, it there's i not think that's a conspiracy ethereals. theory yeah there's not well, enough I ethereals mean, to be everywhere at once to keep every every one of these minor xenos or humanity in check yeah, and besides isn't it, isn't it the water cast that actually will go down first and not actually the ethereals themselves yes i'm sure an ethereal would be with them but it's yeah. the water cast doing all the talking yeah yeah yeah. But like, the, like I'm not saying that it's constantly you're constantly being bombarded. Like all it takes is one mind alteration, and now you view things differently. But like, so why why back to the crude and eating Tao? Like why would they care? Like why would that be like? Why th- would the Tao care? Yeah, like why, if they if, if they can control the crude to the extent of the level you're talk talking about, yeah. like the tau or the crew would not have like any autonomy whatsoever if they can contain the crew's most basic instinct right but they don't like the crew have complete autonomy like so if it is the crew's most basic instinct why do they not follow it if it's their most basic instinct why do they not eat tau like, because it's respect to me. Like the tower, like just don't eat us. So like, you we think find every that single crew, every single crew has that respect for the tower? Because I could show you humans. I don't think it is respect. I think it's they've come under the philosophy, which I think is a lot. <laughs> so, which changes yes. every single crew. Yes, I think. Why yeah. not? Like philosophy. It's just changes. like just don't eat this one thing that you're not you're not going to be fighting that one thing anyways. Like. And so on a battlefield, like if there's Tau and Crute, yeah, they're fighting something. So just go eat the things that are not a Tau. Like there's no need for the Crute to eat the Tau in the first place. When there will be other dead things, there'll be their own dead Crute beside them, and there'll be enemies so, around. Them. But there's gonna like that just seems crazy. Like that this there wouldn't be at least one Crute somewhere who's oh, gonna. I, well, okay, there's always an exception to a rule. So this like, is what I'm saying. No, I know like, they don't. Crute don't eat Tau. I'm sure Why? they. I'm sure some have. Like I have yet to find an example. Yeah. All I can see is what GW puts forward, and what they put forward is they do not eat Tau. The Tau forbid it. But yeah. how can you conceivably control an yeah. entire you just race? Don't, don't, Good philosophy. No, no but that no. never works. No. Don't that eat us. never like, works. Just say don't eat it us. It doesn't work. There's <laughs> no reason to eat us. Why are, Why do you need okay, to There's but, no like, reason for you to speed. It only it, contributes yeah, to more gotta, deaths on the road. <laughs> yeah. I can show you scientific fact <laughs> that proves if you speed, there's a higher chance of collision, including fatalities. That is logical. Okay, no, no, People but still you're, speed. But you're a human, though. Like, so what? Okay. Every single race that they've ever met has the exact same dedication to the great. It's, it's completely f- no it's not it's a it, fallacy it's just saying that, that every race I think, will comply completely yeah, Human, I, humans I honestly like i think out of all the other alien species they're one of the only races that need individuality yeah other Eldar. races maybe but a, a lot well, of other races them, they, they don't need conform it to their past and stuff it could like, be a like the way you're saying it is a very human thing like it's not considering the way that you know like an alien species could be they could not have any need for individuality then tau had individuality until the ethereals showed up it oh yeah yeah completely the tau are no longer individuality but so why 
So how did that change in them overnight? Philosophy. No. No. Yes. No, no. there has to be it. No. I, I agree, no. like, it could be an organ or a psychic power, but for them to There's got to be, like, a mechanism races, in which, like, it can't... I think can't, you're underestimating the power of a philosopher king. I think... <laughs> which is, not, which is Plato's idea of an ideal civilization. It can't last civilization. thousands of years bridging thousands of cultures. But, yeah, the problem... According to Plato, it's it could. It's a statistical impossibility. No, I've, I've read The Republic. Yeah. And, like, I know, I know the arguments that you're talking about. But it, it's... Yeah, I guess we only have human examples to look at as, like, like it, a philosopher king you'd have to have a very totalitarian state in order to actually like you couldn't have like a senate you couldn't have a congress it's like like you can't it's have a, it's a tyrant yeah exactly and you know maybe that tyrant is only benevolent and only yeah, utilitarian which but is what that is impossible because yeah. he murders people but it's for it's for the greater good it's though. not though but how do they how Yes, they have this philosophy that is for the greater good, but how could they possibly make all the calculations to know for sh- for certain that that the ripple effect of what they're having is actually going to That's true. That's a good question. Actually that is the ha- question. Like be uh, the greater good. Like they they're sort of making these crazy calculations these which assumptions. Yeah, like yeah, yeah that true. like what they're doing is going to end up like being for the greater good. But they don't like they don't know that and you, you know, I, it seems like if you encounter, it seems like the emperor would not like this idea oh, because no. it, it's kind of a compete competes with him, yeah, right? Yeah, and he, he would do everything he could to. I don't actually know the full history of how well, Tao emperor, and the empire, like they fight all yeah, the time, yeah, right? Because the like empire views it as their divine right, yeah, yeah. to rule the galaxy, yeah. which goes against the greater good, because the greater good says that the empire is, like, the Tao empire is everything, yeah. and you sacrifice for them. So, yeah. mm-hmm. humans and Tao, the human as the Imperium stands, could never function with the empire. No, yeah. yeah I L- like, like, literally, like, uh, um, Le- Lenin was between, like, in, in communist Russia, there's, like, Lenin and Stalin, and Lenin was actually like almost the more ideological one. Like he was, he was actually more of a pure communist, and he was like, and he everything he did was for literally. He said it was for the greater good. It was for like to institute international communism, right? And and to bring everyone out of poverty and into equality. And then and he was still like, uh, he was still a murderous son of a bitch. But he he was at least principled. You know what I mean? Whereas, like, when Stalin came in, who, like, was his successor, Stalin was, like, he he just liked to hurt people. Like, he was, a, like, a masochist. He, like, you see some of the things that he did, and it, it wasn't... It wasn't about uh, no one. You couldn't see the rationale for the greater good behind it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It wasn't about the ideal. Yeah, like it just it kind of got crazier and crazier with Stalin, and even like Stalin was obviously killed way more people than Lenin. But that's the problem. Is like you have uh, it just takes one generation of people to like flip this thing into like. A nightmare, right? From from being. Yeah. No, I I agree. But and if, we, if you're looking at what they have so far, 
it, that hasn't happened. Right. Like, it but looks good. The reason to me is why hasn't it happened? Because we do know the Tao had an individuality. We know that when they developed themselves, they were different. They had different thoughts. They competed. They fought. They squabbled amongst themselves. And look why, where that got them, but though. But why all of a sudden are they now mindless slaves They're that not, do though. anything? But it's, it's they do anything and everything the Ethereals ever command. It's because their individuality almost wiped them out completely. Yeah. They needed that. And so they see, like, look look where that got us to anni- almost annihilating our entire species. And then look where this has got us. And, like, we're able to, you know. Yeah. But it's so you think, but you think it Sh- seems. You think Farsight wants to wipe out the Tau race? No, no. I think or do Far- you think his eyes have been open to the truth? I think Farsight is very well intentioned, but <laughs> I think he's lost sight of the greater. He's also wielding a crazy demon blade. It's not a demon blade. <laughs> it's not, but yeah. it's. Some type of crazy. Here's, anything, here's, here's the thing, though. Here's, it does, it, here's oh, the thing with the all-encompassing ideology. What happens is, yeah, you have someone who's against it, like Far Sight, and then once he once he starts that, it becomes almost like a disease within the exactly. culture. Like yeah. the the disease spreads. So what do you have to do to a, a, cut a disease? You cut it out, right? Like you have you have to eliminate it and kill it. And it seems like. It just seems so inevitable that someone is going to rebel against the greater good and it's going to cause like a rift within their society. And that event, it, that's not sustainable. That doesn't seem like a sustainable, like... So we, we, we know it's possible to rebel. Yeah. Like, and yeah, the, exactly. the Tao are the ones who accepted the greater good the most. Yeah. Right? They ascribe to it the most. Yeah. How come no other race we hear of has rebelled against the Tao? Right. What what's keeping them in even when the Tao ascribed yeah. to it the most power? It does seem bizarre. What keeps them is ideology, man. Right, but the, like, we uh, already know that it fails because it failed with Farsight. Yeah, sure. There's always gonna be people that rebel that are crazy. But there's no reason to rebel when yeah, life is like, going good. Exactly is, when you're getting what, what you're happens? getting fed all the time, you're yeah. getting everything that you're, you're not taking. dying, like your yeah, family like, is like you can live a normal life. Yeah, you're like, Oh, without the Tao we couldn't do it. We didn't have basic health care. Yeah, <laughs> like you know, now they have it. It's like, why are they gonna start shit? Like, there's no reason for them. But well, well, there is because races are greedy. Everyone wants to survive, but not just no. Thrive. They humanity thrive. is greedy. You're, you're no, pr- no, 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 no. False. A hundred percent false. A hundred percent false. Every oh, species, if they evolved, they are they. If they, if the process of evolution happened with any other species, they look out for themselves. They, it's about survival of the fittest. It's about surviving, and it's about looking out for yourself. So like, you, but I, I, so I, I, I agree with Mark though that I think the next level of evolution past that would be to work with other things and survive together. Yeah. What's going to be more yes. beneficial to put up a if the crew put up a big fuss and are like, no, we don't want to work with the tower anymore. Well. No more crew. They're dead. <laughs> How is that fair? What if the crew were no threat? Wait, I'm not saying it's, it's not fair. fair. It's it's. How it's, is that good? It's you. How is but how is it good? Yeah. Greater good. It doesn't. Uh, uh, the greater, greater good means the great, jack shit. No, to the, the greater, greater good of the galaxy is that everyone works together and everyone. Benefits. So you have, if you have dissenters, the they good, they kind yeah. of have to be eliminated in yeah. that in that ideology because they they wreck everything else for everybody else. Yeah, you can't. Uh, yeah, like, exactly. Sure, what they're doing want, is not morally good. You, you are creating the well, greater good of the entire galaxy. As, as everyone in, works together, everyone fights against the nids. The greater good, you know, as like, described by you, you do not get to determine what is my greater good. 
I'm not talking about your greater good. Absolutely, I'm you are because the greater I, good of the galaxy but, as a whole. You, and but if, that idea. See, if we get into a fist fight right now, <laughs> yeah, that's not good, right? No, but see, but, but it would be if it, it helps be you good win. For a co- yeah, because I'm gonna win, and then me and Eric are gonna be right, and our greater good is <laughs> well, gonna contribute peace. Or I mean, yeah, me and Rio, and then Jordan's gonna see what I did to you. He's gonna join our side. Is he? And then <laughs> or is Jordan gonna, gonna stand for a, what's right? We're gonna have the not greatest good in this room. But that's that's what I'm saying. Like it has nothing to do with what you think and everything to do with what both parties think i can hear and listen to all your things and i think like wow like the tau empire sounds amazing unfortunately (laughs) in my culture like we only ascribe to our own beliefs and while we are a peace-loving race we wish you the best with your galactic dominance we want no part in it dead and and dead how is that good not necessarily the Tao do not ask for people to go to the front lines and die. You could contribute by being like... Doesn't matter. Well, I no, don't no, ascribe no, no, to no, the belief no, no, of the greater good. Out. Just hear me out. Like, so that plant doesn't want to be on the front line. They just want to be left alone. And it's like the Tao like, well, we can help you a little bit. We're not asking anything from you. We'll give you some tech. You can give us some food. That like, is... That's a trade. Asking, that's but if asking that's a trade. Like, but if the society not, is like completely isolationist and they don't, they don't want anything to do with like... They don't even want to contribute like, to a society that condones is, war. The other thing is, there isn't any specific proof that the Tau would absolutely wipe that race out. Other than the Pactruns. Which is that's not confirmed. Not confirmed. Yeah, though. that's true. And, we, like, the, and they, there could have, even if it was, even if that was true, there could have been a very good reason. Could have. I but, No, I, I think it is reasonable to have suspicion of the Tau. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, there, like, there is some sketchy things going on. But I think there just is. Just think, but, if everyone works together, everyone's happy. That's the greater good. That's if we, not true. No. Yes, that you is. cannot. If we claim all work 100%. together to one common goal. Everyone benefits. How do you not benefit? No, I, I, from I, that. The way I see it, in in okay, this is I'm talking about. That, that's about, I'm that's not about, about as our, deep as a Katy Perry song. <laughs> like to just say, <laughs> if everyone works together, we'll all be happy. Well, no, like, these are just you would. If you boil these down, these are just com- com- competing <laughs> ideologies, basically. But in 40k, honestly, like. If if the Tao is able to spread their philosophy to let's say the the Eldar and um, humanity, I don't think would ever accept it. The Orcs would never accept it. The Nids couldn't accept <laughs> it. But you know they could unite a bunch of powerful races and they could wipe out a threat like um, yeah, they could the all Nids. work together and wipe out the Nids or the Orcs or these ones that are just or chaos bred yeah for destruction like yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Everyone it's working not a bad, together is a good thing. In 40k, it actually it's not. But a bad it's plan. impossible unless you wipe out dissenting races. Yes. Yeah. Which it's necessary. Is, which is not good. The Interrex and the Eldar, I don't think they would view that as a good thing. The Interrex proof, like the Interrex is a uh, human race that splintered off during the Dark Age of Strife, uh, the Long Night, where they splintered off and they advanced uh, genetically past humanity, and they had like crazy weapons and stuff. But they, like, they had races that they accepted into their fold, just like the Tau, but they also were like, oh, they don't ascribe to us and they don't agree with us. We just put them on a planet and we'll leave them be. We'll put warnings in the sky so people don't go down there. Once again, though, there is no proof that the Tau, if somebody wants to be left alone, that they just leave them alone. I swear I found that line and I'm going to find it. If if you find it, sure, but I don't think that's the case. We kind of assume that's the case but not necessarily it is like yeah um I, yeah i don't like to wipe something out is harsh 
other than the patrons. Yeah, but. But if you're looking at um, their society where it's built off of this I- whole idea, right? Then it's yeah. just, it becomes necessary. Yeah. Like you see the galaxy as a whole. And like you see all the their conflict. whole idea of morality is completely different from yours, right? Like they see that as ultimately it is moral because it's be- it, it benefits, you know, the galaxy you know, as, a, <coughs> as a whole. Exactly. Rather than just a small, you know, one planet. Yeah. Which, which, if you're thinking about it in terms of the whole galaxy, is nothing. No, not really. But Searching. again, very utilitarian. Not, not necessarily like my philosophy in in the real world, but in 40k, it's <laughs> actually yeah. like it's not a bad it's not a bad ide- ideology to go with. Especially since there is so many huge threats, like you said, like the Nids and the Orcs and Chaos. Like you have to band together in order to defeat these things that are actually yes i agree in the face of existential threats yeah which there's multiple yeah yeah Yeah. totally that it is a unifying force but you have to have what happens when those threats are eliminated is my question it's it it seems like how much you accomplish and like wow the great is good is good (laughs) it actually works it actually works (laughs) but but would people that's the question though is they would people just be like left alone now and left to their own life and devices and culture yeah why not like it kind of seems like yeah like all these uh cultures that they have they they still are allowed to do what they're allowed to do but they have to be part of the greater good and yeah they you have, still they have, to, it's have necessary, to ascribe though. to its beliefs because it's necessary the only belief to describe or ascribe to is the greater good and that is just to work together but what what is <laughs> what is so wrong about working together <laughs> what part of working together do you not like okay so here's here would be my argument for this yeah. is i'm gonna go back to the peaceful race <laughs> that has no part in war yeah and they don't even want to support a race that ascribes to violence. And sure. it would be supporting the like Tao. Like a pacifist race. Right. They're, they're not only are they a pacifist, but they are active pacifists. Like, sure. if, if giving you food would help your fire warriors commit war, we refuse. And if giving your earth cast food would help them potentially build items of war, we refuse. And then the Taos think, okay, well, they're not a threat to anything. They're not hurting nobody. We'll leave them alone. Mm, like, we assume that. but Well, we... It can't be said one way or the other, but it's I'm like... I'm trying to find it. <laughs> yeah. Games Workshop will need to flesh this out a little bit. <laughs> it just seems like such a, like... It, like, it's so hard for that idea to even work with humans, much less intergalactic species. Like, you, got, you guys are assuming that it would be easier. I, I think the variables would be, like, exponentially more when you're dealing with intergalactic species. Yeah. So it seems like even like harder for me to conceptualize that people would actually work together in that in that kind of way for that or they just realize the the how big the galaxy is and how dangerous it is, right? Yeah, yeah. Like cuz a lot of these races that come under the Tau Empire are just minor races. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. No, they they and, do it cuz they see it like it's the best option for them in the moment, yeah. right? But, but yeah. I don't know. Okay, well, I think we could ramble about this for hours, really. <laughs> I think we've all kind of made our points. I, I plan on finding that plan it, quote. Plan on finding it, write it down, we'll uh, bring it up next episode. Yeah. <laughs> but as of right now, the greater good is the best. All right, see you later. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it is worth examining. Yeah. And, and following. It, it, <laughs> but it's, it's potentially, it, it's interesting to think that maybe um, 
the Tao's greatest weapon isn't actually their technology, but it's maybe their philosophy. Right. Yeah. Or their psychic presence or their <laughs> pheromonal ability to sure. make you brain dead. I, sure. I truly hey, you're like, all happy and no crude's brain dead. They're all still doing what they want to do. Even except for eating Tao. You know what, though? Even the crew, like, limit what they want. Yeah, like, even they limit, like, they don't eat nids because they know that's not going to be a good thing. Right, but how... They're they're not going to eat Tao because then maybe the Tao will get pissed off at them. Like, it's not going to be a good thing. There's plenty of other things to eat out there. The world's a big place. I'm just, I'm just saying... (laughs) Full of delicious things I am just saying that I think it's an impossibility to really... To control this many people without some other way i i truly think it's an impossibility it's and a, yeah the, to me yeah, the success, kind of, the success and, of it yeah. has to be due to something no, I, lurking I, behind i do agree with you i i think even though if they are using methods to manipulate i don't think like the idea <laughs> yeah, you, you think the, the, means, the means justifies the yeah. ends yeah, yeah. yeah. So because it would it, would, it still good. would fall <laughs> under yeah you, utilitarianism so yeah. yeah yeah i um so you ever heard of mengele Mengele. He was a German doctor during World War II. Oh, yes, yes. The the Mengele, like so the Joseph? angel of death. Yeah, he did a bunch of the experiments on yes. twins. Yeah. Uh, everything he did, he claimed it was for the greater good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did he actually accomplish anything? Oh, his tech, his like su- medical advancements were yeah, yeah. crazy. Oh, but yeah. he was, caused the suffering. He was probably one of the most evil people yeah. ever. Perfect. I, I would say, yeah. So, <laughs> so evil is sometimes necessary? Yes. Wow, that doesn't really that would I, not ascribe i have to go to my job every freaking day <laughs> and commit heinous acts mark it's called then, working then i get to go home and i get to enjoy my life without it i couldn't do that i have to commit this evil I, every day i also believe that like the regular like the regular planets like the habited worlds like they're not told that they're not told like we annihilated um, this many planets because they refuse to come into the great. No, good. no, they're, they're more. They would be like, yeah. um, like tragically, this race did not accept our <laughs> our benevolent gift of the greater good, and all the people who have been indoctrinated would be like, that's so sad, Aww. right? And they like, would be correct to think so, right? But that's where like your propaganda comes yeah. in. Like, it's yeah. not real, and no one does propaganda like the human race. Let me tell you, <laughs> like we. We're really good at that yeah. and lying to people. But I, I just don't think the greater good is as good right. as they think. You're right. I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. I just, oh, I want to believe. <laughs> no, you, you don't. Know? Otherwise, you would. <laughs> no, because I see too many flaws. You're too human, Eric. <laughs> too human. I just wish I could be like one of those Dude. mindless Gevesa. <laughs> Those are humans too. I know that's what I mean. Mindless, <laughs> mindless. unable to think for themselves. They're like the Imperium Here, abandoned us to get killed by these freaking Tau. Yeah. <laughs> We're just gonna join the Tau because they actually care about us and they're gonna it's, actually fight. To for me, us. it's also it's the same thing as like the Imperial Guardsmen that fall to chaos because they had no choice. Right? It's like either die under chaos or join chaos. Like yeah, that's the same but, thing but to me. The the difference is chaos is just trying to wreck stuff where the Tau is are. It? Yes. Or are they just trying to spread their belief of wrecking stuff? <laughs> and what the greater good, just destroying planets and and they're people? not. They're they're, they're trying no? to colonize they the galaxy. And... They don't destroy people. Okay, let's end this. <laughs> let's end this. Um, because we could talk about this forever, and yeah. we're not getting anywhere. I don't no. think it's going to be good anymore. Uh, okay. Well, uh, <laughs> just a kind of reiteration. Go check our Facebook page out. Uh, it's just search Lorehammer. 
Send us an email, lorehammerpodcast at um, gmail.com. I'm on Twitter as well. Every once in a while, I like stuff. <laughs> and every once in a while, I'll tweet something as well. Do you ever well. dislike anything on Twitter? Do I ever dis... You can't dislike stuff. You can't stuff. dislike it. No. Okay. You can't I, give, I, I guess I could. I could with guy. my words. <laughs> <laughs> my words could dislike things. Uh, but it, if you want information on our contest on uh, creating an image for us, send us a message. Mark is more than willing to uh, buzz you at 3 a.m. in the morning <laughs> and wake me up. Just turn your phone on silent when you go to it bed. It is on silent. <laughs> How does it buzz then? Because it vibrates. Silent means vibrate. No, no, turn it on like... You can uh, turn the vibrate off. Yeah, like too. if you slide Well, your maybe fo- if I was technologically <laughs> no, like advanced if you slide for the greater your phone good, up, <laughs> you press this button it. and it's like, do not disturb is now on. Well, I don't know what that means. I just... Uh, anyways, send us a message on Facebook. Um, other than that, thanks for listening. We're, I think we're sitting at like 1,200 downloads now. So really? It's kind of cool. Yeah. It's kind of nice to know that some people like to listen to us. Yeah. All the rest of you guys. After this go. episode, there's just going to be a lot of haters. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. like, after listening to, to us rant for 45 minutes about the greater good. <laughs> it doesn't exist! <laughs> Anyways. I know it does for someone like you, Mark. That's fine. And Rio. I need something to believe in. <laughs> Other than the grim darkness. Other than grim darkness. Um, Well, I guess signing off. See you guys later. All right, see ya. Peace out. Bye.